Well, it's a deep subject. I don't know what you're talking about. Covering you from your LB1 to your taxi squad, this is IDP Nation. Manning back, bouncing fire to the far side. It's intercepted and running into the touchdown. Your home for the best in IDP and draft coverage. Daniel has time in the pocket, steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Here are the hosts of IDP Nation, Hollywood and Kyle B. Welcome back to IDP Nation. I am Hollywood, as you all know. I am joined by my co-host, Kyle, Mr. Big Time Bella Fuel. What's going on, Kyle? You know, and I know it's coming. Uh, you know, I knew you're gonna what? Gonna, I knew you're gonna throw it out there. You know, I introduce I'm do- you like always. I appreciate you, dude. Um, I'm doing good. I- I'm happy to be back. Um, I apologize for having to reschedule the Tuesday because I had something come up Sunday, but we're here and we have a special guest. Our buddy Trip joined us. Trip, how, how you doing, Trip? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm excited. We got we got pictures on Twitter of dudes rolling up to camp. Means things are about to get real. Yeah. I'm glad to be here to talk to football, Hell yeah, yeah man! It's exciting time. Real, that's for sure. Yep, yep. It's, this so, is yeah. when it really gets interesting. Everybody takes takes the every bit of news that's coming out and runs with it, and it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> right. We've got a flat tire, um, so we need to talk about that if it's going to keep them out for a while. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, so so before we get carried away here and Kyle gets all wound up and big times us here and we can't get words in, um, Trip, tell them what you're working on, where you're at now. I know you've had the, a few changes, and so uh, tell everybody what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, I've joined the team at Football Guys, and that's that's it's an honor. Nice. It's exciting for me. I, that's a site that I subscribed to for gosh, at least 15 years, and it was the only site I even knew about for a long time that was dedicated specifically to fantasy football. And it's just awesome to see and now they get in the internal workings of it after reading the content for so long. And had a great run at Dynasty Football Factory, and I enjoyed the you know, great learning experience there. And you know, I'm really. Enjoy that experience. Football guys is just a tremendous opportunity. I couldn't pass it up, and it's great to be working there with Kyle too. So we got a, got a great hey. team over there. A lot of good, yeah. a lot of good guys, a lot of good IDP minds, and it's 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 fun. It's going to be awesome to see where it goes. Yeah, it's it's funny to kind of think of. Uh, you mentioned uh, Dynasty Football Factory. That's where I come from. That's where yeah, Dan that's come where, from. Yeah. Um, it's kind of looking at the broad picture of fantasy football, what it's become now, uh, Shane Manila, um, dynasty Madman, um, uh, so many great writers, podcasters come from that area all kind of at the same time and kind of just branched out and started doing their own thing. It's, it's kind of neat to think back if we'd all stayed there, what a stable that would have been. Um, but things happen, you know, people got to do what they got to do for themselves. And, hey, we can't all be Mr. Big Time, right? So, oh my, goodness. my goodness. Coming from a guy whose name is literally Hollywood on Twitter. That's, you know. Hey, it was the only thing available. <laughs> sure it was. 
man. Uh, no, stuff. good. That's good stuff, Trip. Uh, Football Guys has been around for a long time. Um, has been one of the top, if not the top, for a long time, right? Um, I'm kind of here lately. I haven't been in tune with them as much, but it's good to see them really focusing on the IDP side. And all jokes aside, they couldn't have picked three better ones than you, Kyle, and Joey the Tooth. Um, I mean, picking up just one of you guys is a is a big upgrade. But to get all three of you, that's uh, they're making that shows they're making an effort. They're they're pushing. They're they're wanting to get better in that area. And uh, man, you all are killing it. Um, feel free to send me any of your work, whatever you're doing, and I'll share it, man. Because uh, I love all your guys' work. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it's uh, and the leadership there has made a they made an announcement, I guess, on Twitter and on their forum there that they're trying to beef it up over there at IDP and you sit there and think, well, what awesome. does that mean? Well, we got eight guys ranking redraft right now, which is kind of wow. crazy to see my rank there next to seven other dudes. And the scary part of that is like I, I ranked, we had, I had to rank 200 players. And so, and they only show the top 100 and they show how you compare to the other guys there. And I was either the high man or the low man on 60 of my top 100. I was like, oh crap. They don't kick Look me out at you. You know, I, I want to pick your brain for just a second. I don't want to keep this any longer than we have to be, but when you're doing rankings or and rankings more specifically than writing, but not that this is going to come out wrong. You said you you were higher or lower than on 60 players than the consensus. I was the highest, right? The highest of eight of, of the consensus on eight or lowest on 60 players. Right. In other words, I was not like comfortably in the middle of the range. I was always uh, leading right. the, so, the range. Exactly. So when you see that, does does that kind of – what's the word I'm looking for? Not scare you, but does that kind of make you a little apprehensive, a little skittish? Do you, do you go back and yeah. say – Am I wrong here, or do you say, okay, I'm I'm different, but I, I'm still holding my guns, or, or or do you go back and look and say, you know, I may need to change this because I yeah. I have been long told, <laughs> and we all know the dude, um, <laughs> he's a genius. He is. He's he's a genius, um, <laughs> because he has taught me some things. You know, if you, one thing he taught me is if you always agree all the time. Nobody's going to listen, right? But they tune in for the difference. They want whether mm -hmm. they agree with you or not. They tune in for the difference. Another thing is, like you're, agree with you're that. talking about your rankings. I do too. <laughs> and dudes of all people, right? Um, hey, right. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> dude, because I know he listens. Hey, dude. Oh yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, but on your rankings, he also said, you know, if you're high on a guy, be high on a guy. And he's not the only one to say that, but I've heard it from some others too. But Mm -hmm. Do you, I know I catch myself when I do that. I'll say, hey, I'm a little higher on a guy or I'm way higher on a guy than Kyle, than Tripp, than um, football guys or whoever, IDP guys or whoever. And I, I admit, I'll go back and look to see how much higher I am. If there's tidbits or whatever, I'd like to know why I'm higher. Um, usually when I do rankings of any kind, I always bounce them off Kyle and he'll say, well, I'll have this guy or I've got this guy. 
in there or not in there. And then I'll kind of pick his brain a little bit. Well, why are you thinking that to see, I'm just, is it something I'm forgetting? Is it something I'm missing? Um, is that kind of the same thought process with you or? Oh, if you I'm really hard, or... <laughs> no, no, no. yeah, if I'm way different than, than like, like in that example, the football guys, if I see other guys that are significantly different, I want to dig into that and find out like, what is it that they see on a guy that makes their opinion so different than mine? And one thing that's kind of nice about the football guys ranking is, is, is they ask you to put in a comment right there to kind of justify why you're on the high end or low end. So I got a lot of comments right now on my players. You know, and historically I, it's something that's a tool I've always used. And I've always been as a fantasy football player intrigued by like, if there's a big outlier, I love to find out, well, what, you know, as opposed to just looking at a guy that everybody's the same on, I, if I'm looking for a sleeper, I look for a guy that one man is high on out of that eight yep. say, or six historically. Why is that guy high on him? And see if that, that's a good way to, to try to, you know, take a shot at a guy and see if I can't hit on a sleeper. And so I've always kind of liked that format they have. But yeah, 100%. If there's, if I'm way off, you know, the other thing I'll look at is projections too, right? There's a couple, three sources right. of projections out there. And I say, you know, what am I missing here that, you know, and oftentimes it's the tackles piece. Sometimes it's like, it's, you know, it's easy to think about sacks, especially on the defensive line, and to think about, you know, looking at their likelihood of getting 10, 12 sacks. It's sometimes that differentiator is is who who's the big tackle guy. Like a guy like Sam Hubbard is not a big pass rusher, but he he leads he's a DL one or close to it because he's constantly piling up tackles. And it's something you don't necessarily think about because it's not front of mind for pass rushers or for edge defenders. Yeah, he's the that's a great point. He, he Hubbard's that rare, like consistent floor defensive end. You know what I mean? It's so weird because yeah. it's you know, like Tripp said, you don't think about him because the sack numbers are generally like what what are we, what's his like ceiling eight or nine maybe and, and right. maybe you're looking at four or five but he's gonna have sixty five tackles seventy tackles and it's you know it it holds it keeps him up there and, and he's not the sexy name yeah that's Hubbard's uh, a guy I'd, uh, you can find value with and, and he just you plug him in and, and he just solid week in and week out generally. Right. But yeah, no, so, yeah. And I don't know. I just want to say if, if anybody on Twitter hasn't seen the threads trips been putting out um, lately, been doing that for about a week trip, roughly. Um, mm-hmm. Fantastic. Just gives you a look into his thought process into his rankings and why he has a player there looking at their projected, their the projected uh, stats and snaps and the, and then he kind of dives into their role. And it's fantastic because it, it gives you his reasoning behind why he has said player higher, lower, or in consensus with others. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's awesome, man. Those, those are, those threads are fantastic. I appreciate cool. it. Yeah. One of the early comments I got when I started doing that, it was interesting to see is that somebody, some, a longtime football guy subscriber that I've been interacting with in the forum for years said something back to me. It's like, you know, I thank you for sharing just the, what the, like what goes behind the rankings in terms of like the scoring and settings yeah. and, yeah. you know, what are you, what are you basing it on? And so, you know, I assume nine, it's a you know, three, 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 and, and uh, I assume nine starters and I shared the scoring settings and just that alone got positive feedback. So, yeah, you know, something to be said, just being transparent and, and trying to you know, talk about where you are and which processes I think is helpful. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, it's good stuff. It is good stuff, and I'm so glad you're on with us, Trip. Uh, like I said, I've got a really, really small group that you know when I do when I do rankings or articles or whatever, 
you know, I'll bounce the ideas off Kyle. You're one I know you've had some changes where you've been moving and stuff like that. So I kind of haven't bothered you lately. Uh, and, and Mike Waller is another one that I value his opinion on. Uh, I got there's a real hand, small handful of guys that I kind of bounce stuff off for a number of reasons. I want to see a is there disagreements or where am I way off and why, like we were talking about. And then also it's because you guys are bringing it, right? I mean, I value your all's opinion probably as much or any more as anybody in the game. Gary Davenport's another one. I'll bounce stuff off him from time to time. Um, and it's not because I'm trying to validate what I'm doing or copy what you all are doing, but I want to see those differences. Why and why not, right? So, um, but yeah, um, good stuff. Um, Kyle, let's rock and roll, baby. Get let's in kick it. and notes. All right, let's Big let's, let's uh, oh, all right, here we I'll let that one go. Let's scoot through these news and notes. All right, uh, the New Orleans, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints placed defensive end Marcus Davenport on the pup list. Uh, he had two shoulder surgeries and had his pinky partially amputated this offseason. Uh, Davenport is in the final year of his contract. Uh, he's played 48 of 65 games. I'm just gonna swing right into another pup list, New York. Jets placed defensive end Carl Austin on the pup list. He's recovering from a torn Achilles. Uh, another one, the Atlanta Falcons placed linebacker Deion Jones on the pup list. Has been rehabbing a shoulder surgery, and there have been trade rumors all offseason. Is, question, is this a way to keep him off the field until they can trade him away? Question mark. So any uh, opinions that stick out on those three? So, um, yeah, I mean – We'll go right. We'll start pick up right where you left off. Deion Jones. There's been rumors about him being traded uh, with the contract thing. Um, he's got a legit injury, right? Which most teams would put him on the pup list. But do you think this is Atlanta's way of saying, hey, this is a little bit of an extension on us trying to get you a trade somewhere? Because <laughs> uh, they drafted Troy Anderson, they got Rashawn Evans, they got Mikhail Walker. Um, they've the got Giacowski, some pieces there. Signed. Yeah, so signed a bunch of guys. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, does Jones? I, I think he plays out 2022 there. Um, it strikes me as Jimmy Garoppolo situation in San Francisco, mm. where they they announced was it? I think it might have been even today where they announced basically they were moving on from it yep. and they were yep. Trey Lance and. They said that they had hoped they would be able to trade him, and they felt like that his health prevented that from happening. And it may be a similar situation with Deion Jones. I guess the weirder situation for Atlanta is, is, I mean, it's not exactly obvious who they're moving on to, right? I mean, maybe they think that Troy Anderson's ready, but after one year of off-ball linebacker at FCF level play, <laughs> it seems unlikely. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a puzzling situation, and they only save about a million if they cut him. So it, it's an odd situation. Right. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I, I'm with you on the Deion Jones thing, Trip. It's really weird. And I, I assume the trade market's not there. It's going to be hard to move them. I, I you yeah. know, just thinking out loud, you're not going to get much. It, it is a very weird. And what, the, yeah, the post, I remember you posted the, the thing on Twitter. The post June number was about a, yeah, like you said, a million they were going to save mm -hmm. or whatever. Really weird. Um, I, I like Troy Anderson long term. I've said that before. Um, but do I think he's going to be ready coming from Montana State? 
to the NFL. I, I just don't see it. Could I the be wrong? Absolutely. Is Rashawn know. Evans, right? You know, he knows Dean Pease. You know, Michael Walker's yep. been there. You know, they got guys, even if Kiyakowski subs in some, whatever. But, I mean, I'm not – yeah. But, I mean, Rashawn Evans, Michael Walker have been there. Whatever. Troy right. Anderson can get his feet under him. I like him long-term, but I just don't see the transition to Montana State to the NFL. One year of off-ball linebacker. It, Easy, Kyle. Easy. It's uh, – you never know. I like Troy Anderson long-term, but, uh, you know – Tempered expectations. I understand. Um, Marcus Davenport kind of been injured, right? Two so shoulder surgeries, pinky partially amputated. Um, senior Bowl standout, right? That's where he caught fire. That's what ignited this fire. New Orleans took him. He's had moments in New Orleans. Um, he caught fire last year. Last year. Yeah, he mm-hmm. had nine sacks, a breakout season for him, right? Um, but now we're heading into the last year of that rookie deal. Um, he has to stay healthy, and he has to produce this year, right? Because if not, I think they move on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they pick Did up the fifth-year option? I didn't see. I'm not sure. I really. That's what I'm I was questioning, sure. too. I wasn't, I'm not sure either. I know it's a contract year, but I don't know if they picked it up or what the deal was there. But um, okay. yeah. yeah. What I did see about the pinky, I know y'all talked about this on a recent show. He injured that thing in college, and it basically got to the point where it's just pointing the wrong way and had no utility anyway. Yep. And he kept getting <laughs> infection after yeah. infection, and to the point where it's just almost a nuisance for him. And he decided he was just better off without it. And I, I don't remember how far down. I don't remember which knuckle it was, but uh, you know, we y'all talked about it too. Jason Pierre Paul managed okay, so. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, but I think what's interesting about Davenport is that it, it's it's almost our fantasy mentality. He's a guy out of UT San Antonio. Yeah, I don't even are they even NAIA or I don't even know, right? But <laughs> low level <laughs> competition. They use two picks on him because they think he's a high ceiling player, and then people are upset because he hasn't emerged by year two. Or you know, he maybe that was four year four last year. Maybe he's playing on the fifth year option now, but. The right. um, it's like you, know, you think oh, there's an awful lot of pass rusher these days that are coming along 26. They seem to really find their footing 25, 26. I remember three or four years ago looking at all the top PFF grades for all pass rushers and all the guys that were like 27, 28, 29 were all the guys leading the league. Like you know guys like Von Miller and Chandler Jones, and it just takes time to be a good yeah. pass rusher in the yeah. NFL. And I think that they've given him enough time to get there. And I felt like he played really well, and I identified him as yep. a as a you know, a guy that could take another step in the IDP draft kit that Kyle and I worked on. That's yep. uh, with IDP show yep. guys and IDP guys. So yeah, I think he. I I'm, I'm bullish on him. Uh, yeah, the health is always a concern. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that's those health issues have gotten more publicity than the average player or not. But uh, the pinky thing, I think, is like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's a big year for him, and I mean. If he continue, if he plays like he did last year, you know when when he was healthy and right. I mean, New Orleans is you know Cameron Jordan's not getting any younger, and you know you can't have too many good young pass rushers. And if Peyton Turner comes along, like shout out Douche because he's the the, the, yes. the captain of the Peyton Turner fan club. He called that yeah. one early. Um, that'd did. be a nice. I'm glad. That, I'm that'd glad be a nice you said Douche because I did not want to hear the comments of hey. you saying Peyton Turner and not giving him credit because got to give credit where it's due. But anyway, that would be it. You know, if Davenport does progress, like we the hope and and think and, and they hopes as well, that would be a nice young duo there um, for that right. defense. 
Um, we'll scoot along yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, the New England Patriots placed strong safety or safety Jabril Peppers and linebacker Raquan McMillan on the pup list. Both are recovered from torn ACLs. I think we're going to have some New England safety talk a little later, so we'll leave that be. Um, any more pup list here? I don't see any. Uh, San Francisco 49ers defensive line coach Chris Kusarik. Kusarik gives rookie defensive end Drake Jackson high praise, telling reporters he's the whole package. Um, I'm a big Drake Jackson fan. And I remember, I think me and Tripp might have read the article. It might have shared it back and forth. A DM. Do you remember Tripp when they drafted him? They were talking about how I believe it was one of their scouts that he had the best bend in the in the draft, and mm-hmm. we were kind of wondering how they were going to use him. I think talking back and forth, and there was one article that yep. came out and kind of just laid out how high they actually were on him. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, I, I'm a big Drake Jackson fan, and. Um, yeah, well, I think they, they, the people are thinking about the 49ers the way they were a couple of years ago when they had just yes. they had uh you know the double wide nine and Eric Armstead out there mm-hmm. playing the edge and yep. Joe Staley yep. described having him out there on the edge coming down on it. That's like a freight train bearing down. <laughs> you, know, you know what they realized after a couple of years of that is they just didn't have enough speed on the field, yep. particularly at the edge. And so I think that's I think that Eric Armstead will continue to play more inside. And I think mm-hmm. they've got Drake Jackson, yep. uh, Samson Ebucam is a speed guy. They have. They brought yeah. in Kamoko Toure for a look, and I think they're trying to do a little bit. You know, just trying to have their defense evolve and put more speed on the field. And so I think Jackson fits that really well. And so I'm, right. I'm yeah, I think I'm, I, one thing. What you and I talked about, uh, Kyle, was that they announced him at the draft as a lineman. That's what it was. Which yeah. I just thought yeah. was interesting. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you know, does that mean he's going to play Sam in the sense that yeah. like a Seattle old school four three under Sam and what does that mean? See, I don't, I don't think so because I mean, you've got Greenlaw, you've got Warner, you've got uh, Al yep. Al Shaheer. Uh, I mean, those are three pretty solid linebackers. I think his best fit is the bookend to Bosa, right? Um, well, what I mean by that is that you know those three guys, those guys are all off-ball linebackers, and in the, in the right. double wide nine, you have three off-ball linebackers mm-hmm. in the base set because you've got that many gaps to cover. But if you're pinching right. the guy in, if you're playing big end, then mm-hmm. the then the Sam plays outside. He's on he's an edge defender. And so right. I'm thinking that it may be they're just thinking it about more more different looks, more fronts and how he and how Jackson fits. And it's just an opportunity to him to get on the field maybe a little bit more. I don't mm-hmm. think it's right. a significant change, but it's just interesting to think about the way they want to use him relative mm-hmm. to the way they have used Armstead or Kerry Hyder in 2020, who's back on the team, and I wondered what that meant. And yeah. I, I I'd be surprised now. I, I originally actually was to be bullish on Kerry Hyder, but you know, after looking at him, well, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to line up Kerry Hyder at nine technique. And, right. and, and, and Hyder has been a player that's outplayed his his draft spot NFL wise, <laughs> fantasy wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always back to Detroit. He outplayed his draft capital, right? Um, just an mm-hmm. overachiever everywhere he's been. Uh, I ca- I'm kind of with you. I, mean, I think Jackson gives San Francisco, though, he kind of gives them that shot of youth, right? I'm, I know Nick Bosa is kind of young, but Eric Armstead's been around a little bit. And I agree. I think they want to kick him more inside. Um, That's what he put, you know, he plays better there, too. He is play right. picked up when they and started th- kicking him the in. The thing with Drake Jackson, I think he kind of fell just a tad this year, just a tad, because he didn't quite have the season that he had a couple years ago or three years ago, right? For USC. 
Um, well, the problem was they moved him around so much there. His role changed yes, so much. Yes, so then when yes. they announced him as a linebacker for San Francisco, that's what me and Tripp are talking about. It's like, well, that's interesting since he had such a, a weird transition at USC. And then how was, you know, the question marks of announcing him as a linebacker, how are they going to use him? And yeah, it was. But the more you read now, it started to come out, you know, how, they, you know, like I said, they they were like, he's got the best bend in the class, the one scout said. Then the other article came out. Now it's just, it's been nothing but hype piece. Granted, hype, June's hype season and we're early camp. Oh, but, but everything looks good. I mean, you like to hear it. So, especially when I have them on quite a few teams. So, it's. Uh, it's <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'm just talking about the Nation listening league, I think. I think y'all have been sleeping on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think you got him. Yeah, I was looking at him and Sam Williams and got neither. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and, and you know what? I, it's my own fault because I had no Romeo Dubes shares on any of my teams. And I took him when I was staring at both ends just because I have zero of them. And I, you know, me being a Homer Packer fan. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, well, maybe one of them will make it back around to me. No. Well, well it's the listening <laughs> league too, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're not exactly right. dwelling on that. Yeah, draft, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, next piece of news, uh, Indianapolis Colts cornerback, Kenny Moore is playing the reports of training camp this week. He made it well known that he was unhappy with his current contract. Um, speaking of unhappy current contract, Chicago Bears linebacker Roquan Smith. Actually, we'll just go to this one first. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports Bengals unsigned franchise safety. Jesse Bates will not report to training camp Tuesday. And now we'll go to Chicago Bears linebacker Roquan Smith will not participate in training camp due to his contract situation. And we also got a question from our good friend Johnny the Greek, and he asked if we had any concerns about Roquan's contract shenanigans in the news of his holding today. So three contract situations, three IDP-relevant players, no doubt about it. Um, thoughts, guys? The only one that Kenny concerns Moore. me is Bates, and that's because the Bengals drafted yep. his replacement. Yep. yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> not, not, not only did they draft his replacement, they freaking doubled down on it. Actually, Neil and Tyson Anderson. Yeah. And both of those yeah. are good players. Don't that's don't sleep on Tyson yeah. Anderson. Anderson might be um, the deep guy, but he'll play close to um, the line. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um, and, and to uh, the, the Roquan Smith news, um, right now, not too worried. And I'm just looking. I mean, if the longer it drags on, the more worried I'll get. But you look right. at this Chicago depth chart behind him, right? You got Matt Adams, um, Caleb Johnson, Jack Sam, undrafted Jack Samward out of Wisconsin. I like Jack Samward at Wisconsin College. He's a fun player, big thumper. You know, Wisconsin like the blitzer linebackers, but he went undrafted. Uh, hey, Joe don't Thomas, sleep on Caleb Johnson. He's a Debbie IDP grind interview. Hey, I'm not sleeping. I'm just saying you're talking Roquan. <laughs> not sleeping on these guys uh, or anything. Right. I'm just saying that's the depth chart behind Roquan Smith, right? Which is, so, there's a big gap there, right? Roquan with that group, it's, huge gap. It's a decent gap. <laughs> it's a wise. huge gap. So that's uh, yeah, where I'm like, I'm you know, you. I, I, I think, think, I think they're going to figure this out. Yeah, I don't think. No, there's a saying in college football when a player. Sorry. Oh, I, didn't. I said, Go I don't ahead, think you quite worried just yet with uh, Roquan, right? I think you've still got a few weeks right. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just saying about Kyle's comments is there's a there's a saying in college football when a college coach gets fired that the cupboards are bare when there's all the talent's gone. And that's man, Chicago has <laughs> a very cupboard of talent there. I mean, like, you look at that roster, <laughs> yeah. like, who on there is any yeah. good? 
I mean, it's like, it's, you know, Rutgers yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, not, not too worried about Roquan at the moment. The longer it drags on, the more, you know, the worried I'll get. But right now, I think they got to figure that out. Um, yeah, the, I agree with Trip on the Jesse Bates deal. It's obviously the there's issues there between them, and then you go off and draft Daxton Hill in the first round. Um, right, pretty pretty alarming. Um, right, and if you can't if you can't get Hill, I think you take Anderson. And we've talked about this for the last few weeks, Kyle. Um, really wasn't worried on the Bates deal until now because I mean we're getting close, right? We're well. He he has come out and said he's not playing on the franchise tag. Right, now, right. He has he hasn't signed it. He said it. Not good. So so I, and, I mean if he. Did, so really the only yeah. option here, you know, if he, if he sticks to his guns and says, I'm not signing it, I'm not showing up. Now you got a, a true shootout, right? Does Cincinnati trade him? Cause that's the only other option or are both of them, the team and Bates, happy with setting out or holding out the season. And one thing that caught my eye, they were talking about Bates. Uh, they ask, um, oh, I just had his name, the Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell, when he when he had his contract pulled out, you know, and he set out the season and he said, they asked him and he's like, that's, that's not really a good idea. Um, because clearly it hurt him, right? I mean, he right. he set out and it, it was downhill from there. I don't know that that will happen with Bates because whether they trade him or not, that's up in the air. But yeah, if he sits out next year when he hits free agency, he's freaking getting paid. He would get paid this year uh, if they'll if they can do it like a sign and trade. He's getting paid. Um, now the thing with Cincinnati, we've seen this whole scenario with, with the quarterback, right? Um, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I almost think if you've got Bates, you're going to have to bite the bullet with Bates and Holden because you probably got a lot invested in him unless you jumped on him like I did early on. Um, you're going to have to hold because you got a lot invested in him and you're not going to get what his true value is right now in the trade. So I think for me, I'm going to bite that bullet. Do they trade him? I don't know. Does he give in and not stick with his guns and sign? I don't know. Um, do they call his bluff and see if he'll set out the season? I don't know. I, I I think you gotta sit on him right now because of what you got invested in him. And he's young enough that he can kind of afford to miss the season. Not ideal. I don't recommend that, but I think going forward, long term, you, you just gotta hold him right now because there's so many freaking things going on right now. Okay. Trip, anything on Jesse Bates? I I I don't have him rostered anywhere, so I guess I would not be the right guy to come in here and say you ought to trade away, trade him away for whatever you get. <laughs> wow, trip! Oh, wow! I don't, I don't covet safeties on my team. 
Uh, <laughs> <Say again? laughs> you don't have him rostered anywhere? No. No. Wow. I'm shocked. <laughs> I really am. I'm shocked by that. Well, that's because I'm usually paying as little as I can for safety yep. reasons. So I just do those guys that just carry no, I, I mean, I get that. But... Them all. Like Buda Baker. I, I had Buda Baker before last year, and I went ahead and traded him last summer. So, well, see, I, I, guess, I, I guess I should retract my statement because I don't have Buda Baker anywhere. Not mm-hmm. a single league do I have Buda Baker. So, I, I guess I kind of get that. But, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy. I, I, right? That's kind of funny. As many leagues as we're all in, you don't have Bates anywhere. I don't have Baker anywhere. That's just that's kind of that. <laughs> I'm I'm in line with Trip though when it comes to safeties. I just find the old guys or the value guys and just turn and burn and on my roster and and cash out if I hit. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's see, but when you and and correct me if I'm wrong and pardon me, you guys know I go down rabbit holes here. Yeah, but you do. But but Kyle said it. I treat safeties dime a dozen, turn and burn. When you say I didn't that, say all like, safeties, I said general. No, in general, I get it yes. because yeah. listen to me. When you say that, that almost think that almost makes me think you're treating them like corners. Because how many times? Oh, I turn and burn safeties. I'll draft rookies, but there's some corners out there that I'm willing to stick my neck out for. There's nothing wrong with that. If we all had the same strategy, it wouldn't be any fun, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Right? I'm mean, just okay. saying. No, I agree. Okay. I agree. I, I was I was just curious about about that comment. You said that, and it kind of triggered me a little bit because we've heard triggered. Johnny DeGree, right? <laughs> he said, "Well, I I'll stream corners all day long, and that's not a bad strategy." And it's fun. But Streaming I, corners is fun. It's fun it to look is. at matchups and the the high flying games and the AFC West and who's available on your waiver wire and you know some of the right. redraft leagues you play with Johnny he, he gives you short benches so you got to pay attention each week and, and you're yeah, finding Johnny the safety matchups and oh yeah dude those, those leagues <laughs> yeah. Are, streaming corners is fun that's something I've learned to love playing in Johnny's leagues is streaming corners finding but the I matchups do think but it's lovely think- to just click that box when you have the elite of the elite too sure mm-hmm. right. I do think there's that very small handful that I like to stay with uh, that I can depend on. I know what they're going to get. I can appreciate that. I appreciate well, you, Daryl. You know that. I appreciate you, Mr. Big Time. <laughs> I appreciate you too, Trip. Daryl's not getting all the love around here. There you go. Well, speaking right, of hey, baby, I put out a tweet. Trip is the star of the show right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Was that Trip? But you mentioned those tweets. One of the tweets I put out about the team situations was Jesse Bates. And yeah. I found an article that came out on CBS Sports that said eight likely trade destinations. And so I went through and looked at all the different safety productions of the players that he would be replacing if he landed there. And it's pretty bleak. Yeah. So, you know, could he come in and be wildly different if he played the same role that that player, the parting player, say Kari Willis? Or, I mean, Kari Willis is like one of the best and right. of the – IDP producers that he might could replace. And so, but it's, it's kind of rough. And so speaking of, do you trade him or not? I don't know if he's going to find a more productive fantasy situation than Cincinnati. It would be hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think because that Kahari Lewis role been... would be the most ideal or like, you know, likely ideal of, mm-hmm. of all the vacant right. roles right now. And speaking of Cincinnati, they're one of the very few teams 
that has been able to support two safeties, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you th- you go back and think when they had Von Bell there. He's still there. To, or not Von Bell. Um, John Williams. Sean Williams. Strong safety, free safety. Bates was still a top safety, even with Williams there. Um, mm-hmm. You don't see that very often. It's either one or the other. Uh-huh. I know Tennessee, yep. like yep. Tennessee, my Titans, it's Kevin Byard. He's a free safety, mm-hmm. but he's the dominant. He's got a little more box safety. time nowadays, but yeah. He, he yeah, was, but he's the dominant safety there is kind of where I'm sure. going with it. Yep. I mean, there's yep. some yep. free safeties that are the legit safety. So mm-hmm. this will be inter- – do you – do you guys think he gets traded? If even if he sits out, what is it? Week week seven or eight is the trade deadline, I think, roughly. Um, do you think he gets traded or he misses the whole season? Oh, if he if he holds out in the season, he's got to get traded. I just yeah. I I just well, why 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 eat it if you're Cincinnati? Why just yep. eat that value? <laughs> yep. Right. I agree. Okay. They're going to take whatever it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I mean, you got to. I just don't see the point in eating it as well. Makes no sense. Um, awesome. Totally agree. Uh, last piece of news. Maybe the okay. biggest news that we have on Here the Here we go. Colts linebacker Darius Leonard wants to be called by his middle name Shaquille going forward. <laughs> nope. He's Darius. I had to put it on there. I had to put it on there so everybody knows. Not happening. If you His got redraft leagues coming up and you can't find Darius Leonard, look up Shaquille Leonard. Um, Which I think it was so funny, and I don't know if y'all saw this, but Mike Waller posted uh, a tweet basically saying, with the name change, how many people are going to miss out on him? And I'm thinking, and I even tweeted back, and I was like, can you imagine in redraft leagues how many teams owners are going to miss out on him because they don't realize that he changed his name. His comment was, is MFL going to update his name to Shaquille? And I said, can you imagine how many redef leagues are going to miss out on him if they do? Because they don't know who Shaquille Leonard is. They're used to Darius. Um, well, if they listen tonight, be- they'll know, Daryl. That's why we put it on the ticket, buddy. Well, well, no, you know, we're here to help, right? We're here to help, man. We're as much grief as they've gotten for updating position designations, I don't think they're going to update his name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Trip on that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. I'm going to go with Trip on that one. No, well, anyway, that's all I got. News and notes. Awesome. Um, before we get to our main event, we always got to pay a few bills. Um, we want to thank myfantasyleague.com. So customizable. I think they're the best in the game. Uh, they help uh, so many options. Um, you can customize your league any way you want to, whether you want to do general leagues, private leagues, uh, or uh, position-specific leagues. They got you covered, right? Uh, they help us out with all of our listener leagues, IDP Nation Listener 1 and 2, our, uh, our Davey IDP Grind Listener League, they sponsor that too. Um, they're always helpful, willing to work with us, so we thank them. We also want to thank or thank Action 24-7 Sports. Um, they're a locally owned gambling site for Tennesseans, by Tennesseans. 
They're based in Nashville. They got some of the best odds that you will find, even against the big boys. And we're not going to name them, but they got some of the best odds that you'll find in the market. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, racing, Formula One, NASCAR, um, ping pong, darts, anything that you can think of, Korean baseball, AAA baseball, um, they got it, and you can bid on it. Um, be sure to use our promo code HOLLYWOOD100 uh, if you make the initial deposit. If you bet 400 they'll give you 400 So if you're a first-time depositor, hey, I'm putting 400 in the bank. Guess what? They're going to match it with 400 That's 800 bucks that you can bet with. You can't find that anywhere. DraftKings, Fantrack, or uh, FanDuel, those guys don't offer that. We do with Action 24-7. Uh, when you use our promo code, you're helping us out. Um, and, man, it's so clean and easy to use. I've been on their site so many times. Um, same game parlays, individual games, anything you can think of, they got it. And uh, we thank them for being a big sponsor at IDP Nation. We thank you for being so helpful uh, checking them out. Um Our main event here. Things that could happen in August that would change our opinions slash rankings on players like camp battles or whatever. Um, and this was ooh. this was brought to us by Trip. This was an awesome idea. Uh, I love yes, this trip. idea. We Great did idea. we did it. I talked to Trip about about hopping <laughs> on with us, and and this is one we did last year, um, and it's a great great topic to do right as training camp kicks off. I, I definitely like this this idea a lot, Trip. Well, thanks, so, uh, Chris Harris. So you know what? So this is Trip's idea. Let's let him lead the way here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to say that Chris Harris at Harris Football does uh he does eight pods like this all July, and that's where I got the idea from. And he does one division uh, an episode, and you know we could do twenty pods on this because the yeah. defense yeah. is so much more fluid <laughs> than offense yeah. in some of these situations. I mean, they'll have an entire episode on Harris Football. Like, well, did we learn anything? No. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's so many camp battles and situations yep. worth watching and defensive scheme changes that could alter players' roles. I think it's really interesting to think about what we know now, what our ranks are, and, you know, what could we see on the field or even news in camp, if, if you will, that the reporters are reporting out about what they're seeing that might affect how we rank. And I would – I hope that every I've I, my again my thinking on rankings is that they ought to be fluid. They ought to be something which are open to new information, and so it, this is probably the hardest time to keep up with all this stuff. And you know we ought to not on the rankings that football guys keep up with, but the IDP draft kits got content in there too. That you know is that we're going to be updating that as the preseason goes on, and we've got to be conscious of what we're what we're seeing and hearing, and making sure we're giving current information to listeners and subscribers. So. I, I just think it's a really interesting thing. I really this is something I always enjoy doing. It's it goes back many years when I thought when I started playing IDP. Well, there's got to be some site out there that's tracking who's going to start at what position, right? Mm -hmm. And and the, 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 I'm talking like early on, like you know, especially for Dynasty because Dynasty right. IDP. Uh, and there's just not a lot of information about that. At least there wasn't. You know, when I started playing ID, the IDP, there wasn't a lot of it. 
information about non-HDIP. And so I would have to follow news myself from beat writers just to see who was playing where. Like like five years ago, John Bostick's the starting middle linebacker for the Colts. And like, right. you know, I brought out any blurbs that would say, well, we just don't think, we just don't believe that. We just like, what do you yep. don't believe it? It's what the Colts are playing on the <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know what's crazy too, Trip? Absolutely. You know what's crazy too, Trip, to think about that? Like you said, you there wasn't that much information out there. Is mm-hmm. I've only been on Twitter for four years, roughly. Been playing IDP for 12, 13, 14 years, Dynasty IDP. Like the amount of information you can find on Twitter from beat reporters now <laughs> to back then, just like Googling a name or seeing what pops up on your MFL. <laughs> Like how drastically different it's been since I started playing it to now. Like the oh, avenues to find it is insane. Like you said, it I wasn't mean, just a ton. The last there wasn't a ton of like such a huge difference. Right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It, just hearing Trip say that, talking about the the information not being out there, as far as just yeah. breaking down depth chart wise, who's starting, who's not, and and right. uh, yeah, think about that. Now you can go on Twitter, you can find uh, there's a whole uh, Twitter <laughs> list from the Athletic. Um, beat reporters and there's the 32 beat reporters uh account right. that's fantastic and, and to, and, kind of yeah. piggyback off that mike waller does the green dot thing right he t- he's and there's yeah and the, and the tons of fantasy writers too that's right. right yeah not and all the fantasy writers out there analysts and, and everything that put out great which stuff. i yeah. think is one of the cooler things that that mike does oh yeah it's is awesome. that green dot thing i mean because you don't really think about it i mean you're thinking stats or alignments or whatever but he's he's telling you who's wearing the dot. And if you don't know what that means, every team has just like the quarterback on defense, there's one player on defense that wears the green dot, which means they have the uh, communication in there with their defensive coach, the head yeah, coach or whatever, the play caller, um, which is pretty important because yep. it's not always linebacker, right? There's there's a couple Teams out there that let the safety run it. Sure, sure. Derwin James is an example. He wears the green yep. dot. So, yep. um, I, th- I think gonna, that's we're going to talk about another think- safety here too at some point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, Trip. Why don't you kick it off, man? What? Uh, sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Trip. Okay. Let it rip. Well, I think there's a there's a as we said there's a lot of position battles out there. There's a lot of situations that could change player rankings and player values, and so. I listed about 20 guys or so on our show sheet that intrigued me that mm-hmm. I think there's a, a lot of either hesitation or disagreement about among rankers, including those of football guys. But um, I think just in general, from what I'm seeing across the community. And so I thought it would be just be interesting to talk with you all about like, you know, is there, are you a high or low on said player? And what could you see if anything in training camp or in the preseason that would change your opinion or perhaps strengthen your conviction on the player. And so I just went alphabetical by team for the most part. And so I started okay, with Zayvon Collins of the Cardinals. And Zayvon Collins, as you all know, didn't play much in his rookie year. It was thought mm-hmm. that he would come in and be the starting middle linebacker. And they was word was in the preseason that they were going to trade Jordan Hicks. And they didn't trade him. They might even cut him. And then yep. he didn't get traded. <laughs> right. He didn't get traded. He just started and played a 1,000 snaps, and everybody who had Zayvon Collins luck out left hold the back. And so this year they bring in Nick Vigil, who is a career backup, but who, when he does play, is a productive IDP. And I'm and I think that a lot of people are are once bit and twice shy on Collins. And I'm curious to know if y'all are that way, or do y'all think are y'all happy with him, or what could y'all see to make him feel make you feel more comfortable with him? 
Um, I, I don't know. I know um, I've said it plenty of times on the show from when Collins was a rookie, but I am probably president of the Zayvon Collins Club. <laughs> One of my favorite players. I loved him at Tulsa. Uh, he's a joy to watch, and I liked his game. He, he's kind of a throwback thumper with athletic ability for a guy his size. And that was so intriguing to me. And he's got these long arms. He can get in passing lanes, and he's smart. Um, anyway, not to, we don't need a, a scouting report on Zayvon Collins at this point. And I didn't even get anywhere yet. <laughs> I, I know where you're going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, you're good. Um, we didn't get to see him. We didn't get to see him last year. Um, I thought I, I was burned by the, I think Daryl was too. We were all in on the Steve Kime saying he was going to be the mic. And, you know, that's where you were going to go, Daryl. And I got burned by that like many. Uh, other managers and whatnot, but I'm I'm still high on Zayvon Collins right now. The I, I think he I love his skill set to play the mic. I think he could do well at it. The one thing where if we're talking about that could change my I, I I'm probably one of the higher rankers on dynasty, the dynasty rankers on football guys and him. I believe I have him at about 13 or 14. Um uh because I think you know I projecting him to flourish as things sit. The, the one thing that could probably change my ranking of him would be I've heard talk of how they might utilize Simmons, Collins as they see best fit in the defense, and he might see a little time at outside linebacker if they think that's best for them. Um, that would change my perspective of him sitting at Mike if he's gonna spend time out there, how much time, you know, because it's not as much I'm baking tackles, tackle opportunity into into that ranking. Um, when I, when I'm looking at Zayvon Collins, um, not that he can't rush the passer cause he can, but you know, I haven't seen it yet in the NFL either. Um, he got away with power and being a big, strong guy with speed, doesn't have a whole lot of finesse as a pass rusher. Can he succeed? Maybe, maybe not, but that would probably alter my ranking to where I have him right now. If you were to, if the news were to come out, how they like what they see at him at outside linebacker and he's going to mix, um, that, that would be my take on Collins, but I'm still very high on him cause I, I like him as a player. So you'd be yeah, happier with I'm him like, as an outside linebacker, even. I, I, I guess I should. Sorry, I should say that would I would lower my rank because I would. Oh, really? I'm, pro- I'm projecting him. Mm-hmm. I, I like him to play the mic and stay in the middle. I I yeah. I, I want the tackles is what I I want the tackle yeah. for. You know, yeah. I'm not so sure he's gonna you know produce these sack numbers. Not saying Micah Park and Micah Parsons ask where he's gonna split time and have these big sack numbers. I, I'm not sure that's gonna happen for him. Could it? Maybe. Maybe not. But I'm. Baking him playing the mic, middle linebacker, the tackles. That that's where my rankings at now. If I hear they like him outside and he's gonna be spending time each way, I would probably, you know, start dropping him some. Yep. So that's where I'm yeah, at with Collins. What you guys so I complete, I kind of completely agree with you on that. But my thing is I don't know that Arizona knows what to do with these guys, right? Um, <laughs> they've certainly Col- showed that so far. I mean, Collins, Collins and Simmons is two perfect examples. Uh, you you had Jordan Hicks. You've got um, Kyle. Who did you say? Uh, Nick Vigil. In. Nick Vigil. Um, kind of those downhill thumper guys. Um, I mean, I just I don't know where to put Zayvon Collins. I don't. I guess I'm holding, waiting, and seeing how they use him. Um, I mean, he's an impact player. I mean, you go back and look at his college tape. The dude can play. He's huge, right? Went right. from safety to defensive end, or yeah, from safety to linebacker. 
could probably play some defensive end if he wanted to. Uh, we, I've said it before. You know, they had to hold him back in the weight training thing uh, in college because he was just killing it. Um, I think future-wise, he's more of an outside guy, outside linebacker, rusher guy. Um because I think Simmons kind of transitions to the inside, right? Um, uh, he, he's just so hard for me to gauge right now. I want to see a more defined role out of him, a more defined role from the team. How are they going to use him? Where are they going to put him? Um, I think the talent and the skill set's there. It's just locking him in somewhere, getting that designated spot. Oh, are you muted there, Trip? You're mu- you're muted. Don't worry about it. <laughs> now, nobody of football guys has them ranked higher than 28th right now. So that means everybody's hesitant, right? I mean if you got it because certainly if he plays a full-time mic role, he's going to soak up tackles. And so that means yeah. everybody's nervous that he's not going to do that. So I, you know, 28 really linebacker, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's redraft, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not bad. So 28th, and I base I base everything on a 14-team average league. I know there's some mm-hmm. less, some more. So at 28, you're telling me he's very back-end. I mean – Absolute back end LB2, early yeah. LB3. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look real quick. I think I have I'm him at okay. Dynasty. I think I have him at 14. I, want to see I think him. I like him better as an LB3 than an LB2. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, right? Everybody's kind yeah. of thinking the same is that yeah. they're nervous about him, which is just interesting. And so I guess the question is what could we see in training camp or preseason that would make us more comfortable if we see that he's because we saw this last year, to be honest. We saw him out there with Isaiah Simmons with the ones in, week in and week out in the preseason. And then for some reason, that's not what we saw in week yep. one. So yep. I'm wondering, right. is there right. something we could see that would make us feel more comfortable? I just don't know because of that experience from last year. <clears throat> yeah. See, I'm it, with you. I'm in was the puzzling. same boat trip. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm the more optimistic David Collins manager or, or Brinker just because I'm I just – believer in his talent i think i i'm seeing the uh you know the the steps this year see, and you read all the stuff but yeah i i'm, I'm willing to get hurt again see that's the thing i'm with you kyle the talent the skill the upside i'm with you on Collins. it's there the role's but there for the taking but is is it gonna get taken but then again? i go back to what trip says i need to see what they're doing with him where they're using yeah. him at so I, I think you're caught in that, for lack of a better term, that purgatory, right? He's caught in that in-between stage. That's good stuff. Let's uh, let's next keep, one. Let's, we uh, did be on Jones during the news and notes. Let's just jump ahead to Kyle Hamilton. And I will say first of all that I might be, uh, you know, there's, I'm probably not the Kool-Aid vendor on this one. That might be John Macri, but I, I at least helped provide the power. So, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I, I was a guy I'm super high on, and so you know, and, and I don't, you know, I guess the question for me is, what would I, what could I see that would, that would, um, 
that would worsen, lower my ranking on him. And the answer is that he's just not running with the ones. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of three safety looks, and not, yep. you know, I, I think that I'm really eager to see if he can assume the green dot there and um, you know take it over from Chuck Clark. They talked yeah. about just rotating it around some, and I'm wondering if how much can he get it in the preseason. And so that's kind of what I'm keeping an eye on. I'm curious what y'all's thoughts are. <clears throat> I'll, let, I'll I'll keep it short, Joe, because I know you love Kyle Hamilton. It's the only Kyle you like. I know it. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm super high. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep this short. <laughs> I'm super high on Hamilton as well, Trip. I'm I'm thinking the same thing. I, a lot of three safety looks makes a ton of sense to me as things sit right now. The biggest thing, uh, I think Mike McDonald's going to get creative with that defense. We, we know what we, I've said before. We know what Wink Martindale's defense was when he was there, and I think Mike McDonald might is obviously going to be a little different than Wink Martindale. And I'm just I, three safety looks. I think that's. Uh, I'm curious what that defense is going to be. Him not running with the ones would be the one thing. If I hear in training camp he's not out there, that would be yeah. the thing for me. I don't really. Th- that's it. But Daryl, go ahead. You're 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 uh, you're helping trip mix the Kool Aid with Macri on Hamilton. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Hamilton's definitely the best safety in this class, bar none. Um, landing spot talent. I think he's the guy, right? Uh, highest floor of any IDP player, I think, or IDP rookie. I think his floor is probably – it's as high as anybody. Um, now, a lot, of, a lot of people will say Chuck Clark's there, the strong safety, and I get that. And maybe if you're in a redraft league, you're kind of checking it a little bit because that's a different animal, redraft versus dynasty. But if you're looking at dynasty – you know, they've come out and said, hey, we want to keep Chuck Clark as long as we can. But reality is, when you have a player like Kyle Hamilton, kind of makes players expendable a little bit, right? Um, or their roles a little bit expendable. Or their roles. <laughs> yes. If you keep yes. them, yeah. <laughs> and then also one of the, the negatives is, when you hear a player is going to be a free safety there's that negative connotation, right? Oh, safe, free safety, that's no good. Well, maybe 90s before, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, right? Even into the early 2000s, maybe free safety was not a player you're looking at. Nowadays, free safety is just as valuable as a strong safety, if not more. Jesse Bates, Kevin Byard, um, so there's a role there. I, it's all about the talent. So for me, you know, if I can get, if I, if I need to, if I'm drafting it in a draft, sorry, if I'm in a draft and I need the safety, I'm all over Kyle Hamilton because a, he's going to cost much more, much less than what Chuck Clark's going to cost. B, are we guaranteed that Chuck Clark's going to stay in Baltimore? Hmm, I don't know. Um, Talent-wise, three. Hamilton's way better than Chuck Clark ever thought about being, even as a free safety versus a strong safety. So well, Chuck Clark hasn't really been that productive IDP-wise anyway. No, but he, mean, he's had the volume. He's had some decent seasons. What? Well, yeah, I, would but, say I mean, for the amount of snaps and, and the role he yeah. has. Sure. We'll I mean, if you go back and look. 
for him. You know, I've kind of been on Kyle Hamilton for a while. I mean, go back and look at what he did in the Florida State game. Coming right. from all the way across the field against Notre Dame to intercept a pass. I mean, he's an athletic freak. He understands how to play the position. Um, for me, if I'm in any league that plays IDPs and I'm in a draft and you say, who's the one player that is the safest, safest with the highest floor, I'm taking Hamilton. Because I think his his floor is probably higher than anybody else's with his talent and skill level, <clears throat> regardless of position. And I think with that, fantasy-wise, his scoring output is going to be more productive than what you're going to get. That's in redraft and dynasty. I think redraft, I think he's probably one of the top three easily, if not the one. And then in dynasty, I think he's right there as well. So you're making Kool-Aid all by yourself almost. Black Smokey said, man, you give me Kool-Aid, no sugar. <laughs> that shit ain't right, bro. <laughs> all right, how about the Brown safeties? Is there one there that you are interested in? And is there anything that would you would see in the preseason that would change your mind? <clears throat> so I know for for our IDP draft kit, I had John Johnson in in the bus column trip, um, mm-hmm. just because he played bus? so many. Wow, Cal, tell me. Well, that was. Based off, he played a, a crazy amount of snaps at free safety, and he, his weekly floor was so low. He, his tackle numbers were way down. If he still had that name value of being John Johnson from his big years at all, he just wasn't worth it. Uh, you know, if you were putting him as a DB two or whatever, you weren't going to get. I just don't think you're going to get the return if he continues to play that that primary primarily deep role that he did last year. It just that's it. Just seems to me with everything they have coming back in that defense. It's all the same. They have him. They have Delpit. They have Ronnie Harrison. We know what Ronnie Harrison is. He's a box guy. Um, to me, Delpit's the most interesting because what are they going to do with him? You know, if John Johnson's going to assume his role, um, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I know you did the episode with Macri trip, and Macri made a great point. Like John, it, it can only get better for him, and I do mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. It can't get any worse. Last year was a bummer, um, but I'm just worried he plays that much deeper. You know that many snaps deep again in the, in the weekly production just isn't ideal at all. Um, so I'm, I'm more interested in Delpa just to see what the hell they do with him. And that's, he's the guy that could go up in my rankings. If I find out in camp, he's, he's seeing some time in the box. Um, he's a guy I'm intrigued with. Mm-hmm. So see, I, I think I'm curious good. that you said that because our boy, um, Mike Wallach, he's a huge Cleveland fan, right? And, um, he's all in this year on Delpa. So, <laughs> I'm really interested to hear Tripp's thoughts on this. I mean, because yep. Delpit's had some injuries, you know, played good in college, set out, had some injuries there, had some injuries now in the NFL. I know where are you at with him? Yeah, I'm 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 team Delpit too. Uh, you know, I, but there's some folks out there that it's still that think Ronnie Harrison's going to come back and be the starter. He's been brought back on a one point two point yeah. one point two three five million dollar contract one year. I think he sat out there on the street for a few days in yeah, March, which is not a bad deal, really, for both of them. 
it's just a shade above the veteran minimum. It does not yeah. suggest to me that he's going to play full-time again. I think that what we saw last year is that he's just too limited of a player to be yeah. out there full-time, and that he's back for part-time big nickel role. And yeah. Delpit played his, basically as effectively his rookie year in baseball terms last week, last year. And I, I think that he showed some things. I think he showed some ability to to um, to, mm-hmm. to attack the backfield, to attack the line of scrimmage. Uh, and I, I think that he's versatile. I think I think it may help to open up John Johnson a little bit. And so one thing I'm interested to see is is what kind of a of a what what do their looks look like in preseason? Which is to say, are they showing yeah. a lot of the two high they showed early in the season, or do they mm-hmm. show more of the one high that they showed as the season progressed? And that's that's I'm interested to see. I think there's I think the only upside play here is with Delpit. I don't think that John Johnson, you know, what Macri his point was is that he can't possibly have such a low tackle efficiency again. Absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah, but I totally agree. Guy, you're right. going to want to every yeah. week. I mean, yeah. he's not going to get 100 tackles again. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I, I. I dig it, man. I just the you know the. The unknown with Delpit's intriguing, and the fact that he does have a versatile skill set is uh, that's yeah. We know what Ronnie Harrison is, right? He's depth. He's a box guy, big nickel, whatever. Um, vet minimum. Yeah. The intrigue for me is is with Delpit as well. I like yeah. that. All right, we covered Jesse Bates a little bit ago, so let's move on to the Broncos linebackers. What is y'all's take on the Broncos linebacker? Do y'all have one? I'll bring Tylee, and is there anything oh that might God. move you up? Man, this this is such a freaking mess, right? I mean, we've they got Josie Jewell. They had the AJ Johnson, who PFL. He's still on the market. He's still on the market. You know, they decided not to bring him back, so he's a free agent. Um, mm-hmm. They had Jonas Griffith who filled in. Um, man, they've got they've got so many linebackers. They brought in uh, Nick Singleton, um, Alex Singleton, Alex Singleton. Um, yep. Nick Singleton's the running back for Penn State. You just did W. You just did Debbie IDP grind. So I know where I did. At. I did Alex Singleton, which I think Alex kind of has a role there. Um, I mean, they got so many things going on at linebacker with Jonas Griffith, Josie Jewell. You know, they let AJ Johnson go. Man, this is it's kind of a mess, right? A little bit. I, well, that's that's one thing I think is interesting. You look at Josie Jewell, his rookie contract just ended. They before that ended, they signed him to a new deal, two years, eleven point eleven million dollars. He is Which making is on cheap. average. That's kind of cheap deal. It is more than it is more money per year than all but two unrestricted free agents that went in that came in this last class. So Bobby Wagner's making ten a year. Miles Jack's making eighty a year. No, and then the next highest UFA is Jordan Hicks at five a year. So he is Jewel is making four million dollars more than any other off-ball linebacker on the roster this year in Denver. And so in my mind, it's pretty clean cut. I think that Jewel is easily the guy, and and nobody else thinks I'm really struck by it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm I'm Team Josie Jewel myself. Um, yeah, you know, I've been in Josie Jewel for a while. Well, you're a Hawkeye fan, yeah. No, um, uh, here we uh, go. I'm the closet Hawkeye. Fan. Here we go. No, I'm I'm Team Josie Jewel as well. Um, you know, the contract is definitely a big piece of the, to the to the whole thing for me. And then the fact that Josie Jewel was running the defense, doing a pretty dang good job for a while, playing a high snap share, calling the plays, and um, Alex Singleton 
for the IDP production he puts up, he is a total liability in coverage. Um, I, I just don't. I think he's a limited player who is a crazy efficient tackler. I don't know that that's going to be sustainable in, in Denver. And I think so Josie Jewell's a better linebacker, and I think he's better fit to run the defense. And they paid him more, so I would put my chip on Josie Jewell as well. And so I think Singleton's a depth guy. I'm actually more intrigued with Jonas Griffith than I am Alex Singleton. Well, I completely agree with you, Kyle, on Singleton, right? So they bring in Singleton, but they let A.J. Johnson go. For me, I would have rather kept A.J. Johnson than to bring in Singleton. Now, now you got Jonas Griffith, who – It's a fair point. With Mm -hmm. all their injuries, all their whatever, (laughs) he filled in the ad grumble, right? Um this whole I just I just didn't get it. I mean AJ Johnson is he the best linebacker in the league? No. No, he's not. But to basically say we're not gonna resign you, even though he did pretty damn good in, in the in the role that he was given, but you're not gonna re-sign him and you're gonna bring in Singleton. I was like, eh, that that just don't freaking make sense to me. Because I think hey, Johnson's a much better player, I, I think, than Singleton. The folks at home should know that uh, AJ Johnson is a former volunteer. Nevertheless, that's not why. Go balls! <laughs> I agree with you. I don't go balls! Yeah, I don't hey, want to say, it, but I'm glad you said it. So, hey, go balls! Yeah, yeah. That's a boy. That a boy. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Good stuff, fellas. All right. Well, how about the Lions linebacker? We had a listener question. We had a, uh, Sean at Sean 8386 ask, which Lions linebacker would you take a gamble on? First of all, Sean is one of our better listeners, followers. Sean's the man. Thank you, Sean. He's one of our greatest supporters. I mean, he he tends into everything we do, podcast writing. He's our guy. So mm-hmm. Sean's the man. He is. Um Lions linebackers. I mean, Malcolm Rodriguez, if you're taking rookie drafts, he's worth a flyer, right? I think it's a legit shot. Um, You know, and just kind of whistling your league about an hour ago. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you just take him? No, Dan did right before Dan I did. Came. No, <laughs> I, I was, I was looking. I was actually, I almost took him, but I decided to. Uh, my defensive tackles are so bad that I took <laughs> Fedarian Mathis. Um, um, anyway, you no. know they got. Um, oh shit! You made me forget. Uh, Dirk Barnes. <laughs> yeah, they got Dirk Barnes. So a lot of people are, and it's weird because a lot of people are kind of they were. On the line on him last year, and they started buying into him. Now we, we're in 2022. Those same people are kind of backing off of him. I'm like, well, he struggled. He, he he played really bad he last did, year. But he was a rookie, so I don't know that you. Yeah, no, I get it. He's a rookie. Of, um, yeah. I mean, you got Malcolm Rodriguez, who they drafted this year, but I think Barnes is the guy there. Because of the age, because of the opportunity, right? Detroit is going to struggle again this year. Um, so the opportunity, the volume's there. Uh, I, I just don't know that the Barnes hate is that what it should be. 
I think Alex Anzalone is the guy until somebody unseats him. And I think it would be really easy to unseat him. But I also Alex am by the fact that he didn't really? invest in anybody to do that. He was the lead guy who wore the dot all last year. He was pretty useless as an IDP. I mean, you couldn't find it more, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, a fantasy efficiency standpoint, you couldn't find a weaker linebacker, I don't think. But that's that's the guy that was there last year. That said, that's not the guy I'm putting a chip on this year. The guy that I'm interested in this year is the guy that decided to pay $2 million to bring in to see what they have, and that's Chris Board. Uh, this is a guy that played in, in Baltimore for a couple of years and you know tried to get on the field a little bit and didn't look yep. that good. But I'm intrigued. But they, $2 million is more than Alex Singleton that's making in Denver. I'm interested to see what they see and see what happens with that. And so that's a guy I'm watching in the preseason to see if anything comes of it. I love that. Um, I, I love that Chris Board call. Shout out North Dakota State. Um, I was a Chris Board <laughs> fan. I, you know, it, 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 he has a special place for me because the first article I ever wrote when I ever got into this whole deal was, uh, I think it was a second year linebacker um, article. It was Oren Burks for Green Bay, Rashad Evans, and Chris Board for the Ravens, and I. Whiffed on all of them that year, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, but I've been a fan of Chris Board myself. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like that call. Actually, it wasn't going to be my call, I was going to make the lazy uh redraft throw. The I might draft Anzalone late because he's going to play every snap and suck, but I know he'll mm-hmm. be out there if I need an LB4. But I like that Chris Board call. Um, that's, that's super interesting. I didn't realize he got paid that much as well. Um, I've always liked Chris Board. You know, he's that converted safety athletic guy and just never – I thought when I thought he would get a chance at Baltimore, he didn't, and, and I, I want to see him on the field. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see it happen. And then four years from when I wrote that article, it, it happened. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, that's interesting. Um, Dynasty-wise, definitely I like taking that flyer on Rodriguez because it's there for the taking. I agree with the trip. It, it, they bring An- – Anzalone is – he's not good. But he was out there every freaking snap and doing whatever the hell it is he's doing with his long blonde hair. And uh, <laughs> um, until somebody takes the damn job from him, you know, it, it's his likely, right? Maybe it's Bordicant. Maybe Derek Barnes gets better. Who oh, knows? my God. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I do <laughs> like – I like I like Hollywood bringing up – and you bringing up Rodriguez for uh, Dynasty because for a six-round pick, the opportunity is there for him to – really be something you know uh pretty pretty cool but um i like that board call uh that's whoa 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 because... <laughs> whoa 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 At, see, dan would be he would be all on me right now if i didn't say fuck chris sport all right <laughs> <laughs> because let's let's not get carried away chris board is just a thing right He's nothing special. He's nothing well, special. Neither's Anzalone. We're looking for a warm body here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you just Anzalone said how nothing. terrible Anzalone was, and he played like 100% of the snaps <laughs> last year. Hey, Anzalone, well, that just tells you where the depth is on Detroit, right? They so, brought him back. They, they went out of their way to bring him back, Daryl. They, That's they what did, we're saying. That, for me, that tells me. And they me brought in Jared Barnes. Davis, for crazy. sake. Oh, geez. Gerard Davis, get the freak out of here. Oh, my God, I'm about to lose my shit. Anyway. Well, thankfully, he's going to play Sam this year, so we don't have to worry right, about Right, right, exactly. But this is so the guys to bring him back. Yeah, he's going to play Sam. There's two linebackers in Detroit you need. Screw Anzalone, screw whoever. Oh, my 
It's Derek Barnes, and it's Malcolm Rodriguez. Barnes is going to get his run this year. Rodriguez gets in there, get his feet wet, gets himself acclimated. Those are going to be the two guys for Detroit going forward until they can. I mean, their roster is so talent deprived. You're starting. You're, you're starting Anzalone and freaking Chris Board. Get out of here with that bullshit! Oh my god, I can't even right now. Well, let's oh talk. Let's god. talk about a, a subject near and dear to to Kyle's heart. Then, all right. Is there anything that you might yeah. see in the preseason that would cause? Quay yeah, let's get started on Kyle. Right. That's what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Quay Walker. Um, so I'm probably, you know, the, the Packers uh, traditionally play a lot of single linebacker. And, and, you know, Chris Barnes was, what, 52% of the snaps last year as the second linebacker. And the hope is I'm of the more optimistic side that that role is going to expand with the pick of Quay Walker. And I've said this plenty, I'm sure, on the show. Um, so I, I'm on the higher end with Quay Walker because they continue to say the same things. You know, as far as playing more two linebacker looks to give them more flexibility to play the run and coverage. That being said, he has to develop to be able to do both as a rookie. And um, I also like the fact that, granted, it's just OTAs in June, but he was running with the ones in the nickel um, during during mini or mini camp. I'm sorry, during mini camp. So that was encouraging as well to kind of give me what I hope is not false hope that that role expands. But um. So I, I'm optimistic that Quay Walker can kind of get that 75-ish percent range snap share if he's ready. I mean, he's still, you know, we got to get to training camp. He's got to continue to develop. Right. So I'm optimistic in that end that that role grows. They spent the freaking 22nd pick in the draft on him, and everything screams that that they're telling us the truth. But we need to see it, right? So if we're if we're in training camp and Chris Barnes is mixing in with the ones with Quay Walker and, and we're getting this kind of, you know, and then we we're seeing a lot of uh, single linebacker looks in training camp as well. Then yeah, I'm going to lower my, my ranking Quay Walker for this year. I still like him dynasty wise, but I, I I'm more optimistic that he gets a, a pretty, pretty fair snap share at being the second linebacker in green Bay and that role growing. But um, I, I got to continue to see things progressing as they have been through mini camp and uh, OTAs yeah. and whatnot. But how about you guys? Well, I think I agree with you. I was like, well, I got to see how they use them in the preseason. And I think, mm-hmm. I think I, I did a little bit of research just to see what I thought the range of outcomes might be. And really no more complicated than going back to see what Joe Barry did the last time he coordinated a defense on his own, which is yep. to say before L.A. And he coordinated the the, the Washington defense uh, 2015, 2016. And in that time frame, he had uh, interior inside linebackers, Will Compton and Mason Foster. Mm. And um, and those two guys, they, they it switched in season in 2016. One, one, I think it was Compton started with the dot, and then it shifted over to Foster. Yep. But the second linebacker played anywhere from 50 to 90% of the snaps week to week. <laughs> based on game plan. And so obviously that's a wide range, but it's interesting if right. if that's what he wants. If Joe Barry is thinking, hey, you know, I thought that worked well. And you think about that, did it really work well with Will Compton? Two linebackers who have a whole lot more upside and athletic ability than those two guys now on the roster. Yeah. And 
you know, so I, you know, I think the immediate reaction is, oh, well, the Packers always run one linebacker. Like, well, they're saying they want to do something different. They're yep. making investments that tell you they want to do something yep. different. Yep. They may actually do something different. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> See, my, my whole thing yep. with the Packers I'm with is – It's almost like they're caught in this in-between style, right? They don't have enough stud linebackers to run a traditional set, but they don't have enough good safeties to run the big nickel. So what I'm saying is they want to run that two linebacker, three safety set, which I think with Campbell and Walker, that kind of gives them those two linebackers. But did they have the three safeties to run that big nickel like Tennessee, like Chargers do? So I think they're kind of – Green Bay's caught in that in-between. I, I mean – well, I'll tell you what. I won't be happy if I see Vernon Scott or Sean Davis out there and not Quay Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever set they're running, that would piss me off. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would be pissed off. To, I will be pissed off for you, okay? Right. Why would you play three safety sets with those guys? Mm. Right? I mean, they got the two safeties that everybody knows, Amos and Savage. They're yeah. out there all the time. Yep. Why bring a third safety? If they play dime, do they even play three safeties at all? They play four corners. Right, I mean, exactly. Right. So, but do, yeah. but do they, they have that third linebacker down. that can allow them to play that set? That, well, that's right. So, I mean, you've got to imagine, you know, so the argument is, well, Quay Walker is not good enough in coverage. We'll need to come up. And that may be true, but for how long? Because when you have yeah. Vernon Scott and some other guy out there, unless your prediction is they're playing a lot of four cornerback sets, you've got to be a little careful with how much you expect them to, to project in exactly. the play dime cover. And Green Absolutely. Bay, I mean, I Absolutely. know I give Kyle a hard time because he's a Green Bay fan, but Jesus freaking Christ. Green Bay just freaking drives me nuts with their linebacker safety shit. I mean, it's almost like they're trying to, and Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost like they're trying to play. <laughs> they're trying to do both of them at the same time, right? And I don't think they need to. I think they need to pick one linebacker or safety, upgrade that position, right? Um, well, their problem is the, the, the problem is depth. Like we just said, they're, they're exactly. Amos, that's, Amos that's and Savage they're, are going to play. They're trying to upgrade the depth not, on both, and they can't get it. Together. Well, they're not really trying to update upgrade their depth at safety. I can tell you that they drafted Tariq Carpenter in, a, in the seventh because round. Because safety suck. Amos and Savage are fine, NFL wise. We're, if we're talking NFL wise, okay. they're fine. But okay, IDP wise, not the most exciting pair. Amos is fine. He's a fine safety three DB three, whatever. He'll get eighty five tackles, ninety tackles. But, um, but for their defense, they're gonna play a ton of snap. They better stay healthy because they've done. They've got Vernon Scott, Sean Davis. They drafted Tariq Carpenter in the seventh round, who's a tweener. Right. Kind of like him. Will he make the team? Well, they, I don't if know. If they have any injuries, they've screwed. They've done. They. I'm still waiting to see what the, I'm not, you know, I better not break down the roster, but anyway, this will go too much. Uh, yeah. I well, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trip that is like you said, you need 20 episodes because their secondary scares me after the starters. It really does. Cause like we said, the, the safety depth chart and then the corner, I mean, they're, 
their starting squad and what they have their money invested in and, and assets invested, it screams their base three four. If you want to say that nickel to me, the bringing back Rasul Douglas and, and yeah. drafting Quay Walker and and getting Devontae Wyatt and all that. You know? but, oh, don't even. Anyway, <laughs> he's not coming back. Um, yeah, but yeah, I need to stop talking about the Packers. Well, I'm on the Texas linebackers. They talk yeah, about a money depth move. chart and an awful lot of money spent on linebackers. What oh. do they do? Um, I'll kick this off with the Texans linebackers. The the one guy, if I had to put my chip on a guy, I'm going right back to Christian Kirksey. Ran the show last year. They gave him a two-year, $10 million deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Trip, you probably know that number better than I do. Is that they added right? a year to his existing deal, which means that, that was? he has $10 million over two years. Okay. That's yeah, what it was. He signed that deal before when he came out of Green Bay prior to the, the all previous offseason. Okay. Thanks, Trip. Um, mm-hmm. I knew you'd know more about it than me, but I thought that was roughly the numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the numbers guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're a numbers guy for sure, brother. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, and he was running the show last year. He was pretty solid. Um, you know, he stayed fairly healthy for a Christian Kirksey season. I'll say that. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Christian Kirksey terms. Um, you got COVID so it, because of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gruje Hill was uh, a fantastic waiver wire pickup. Uh, you know, if you picked them up, you reaped the rewards last year. They brought him back in a pretty like one year, 4 million, was that right, Trip? You're the numbers yeah, guy. One, one for four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they brought him back. Um, yeah. Okay. He might be fine. He might not be. But I would. I would draft Kirksey. Would be my guy. Um, so I think Kirksey's the guy. Um, you got Kamaja Gruhill, right? Um, but I wouldn't sleep on Jalen Reeves Maven, who comes over from. Yeah, I knew it because he went to Tennessee. You'd say him. Oh my God, Kyle, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Shit. Anyway, VFL. My question is, who are they bidding in against when they gave them? Three, I seven, think seven, five, legit. Right. You know, Detroit. Right. <laughs> I think there's a legit role there for Reeves Maven. I do. But let's not forget what they did in the draft either. Christian Harris, right? From sure. Alabama. It, he's not really traditional. Your three-down linebacker. He's more of a two-down thumper, right? And I think with Houston, they need talent. They need young talent. They got to get them on the field. They got to they got to do something, right? Um, so I think for me, Christian Harris is a guy that I'm kind of aggressively attacking in rookie drafts um, because, I, for one, the volume is going to be there. I know Davis Mills at quarterback has been – He's been okay, right? I mean, he got him through it. He's no Deshaun Watson, whatever. Um, but I think he's their guy. Until they can get to a point where they can get their guy, I think he's in charge. Um, with that said, I don't think he's the end-all, be-all. I think that defense is going to be on the on the field a ton. Early downs, Christian Harris, he's a guy you want. The volume is there. I mean, it's there. We, we've talked about it, right? Jalen Reeves, Maven, ball guy, um, Christian. It's not good when that's how you describe a player. If you just say ball guy, <laughs> like, it can't be that good. All ball guys. Really? <laughs> 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 
Oh my God, Cal! I've tried, so, I've tried so freaking hard not to fire your ass. Tonight. You're not making it easy. I'm just saying, Christian Harris. If you're in rookie drafts, I think he's the guy you're looking at. Even though he's not maybe a three down guy, he's that two down thumper. But the volume is there. So my question is this for redraft. Is there anything you could see in the preseason that would, that would move you off of Kirksey? And is there any other player you think could emerge in the preseason you would say, hey, you ought to draft that guy. That's the second guy. Redraft, I think Kirksey's the guy. I think you're spot on with that. Mm-hmm. If you're – yeah, Kirksey's the guy that redraft. Dynasty, I think you're looking – Christian Harris a little bit. I think you're looking at Jalen Reeves and Maven a little bit. Um, I mean, Houston needs – they freaking need so much all around, right? Uh, if you're in redraft, I think Kirksey's the guy for sure. Yeah, but the biggest thing with me would be if Kirksey's not out there running the show, looking like the play caller, one of the hyphens pick up the green dot projected right. green dot. One of the hyphens, mm-hmm. Kevin Pierre Lewis, Jalen Reeves, Maven, <laughs> Grugier Hill. One of the, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that would be the only I mean, thing. Jesus Christ! Do. If Kirksey doesn't make it, then yeah. Houston, Houston yeah. is in a freaking. How about you, Trip? Oh. Who, who who you got there in Houston? Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I it's you know, I was trying to suss out who was playing what role. And I think that's going to be hard to see on the field yeah. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I agree. Um, but um, that being said is, that, you know, what it looks like now is that the only real threat to Kirksey is Garrett Waller and that the oh, other I guys are all outside. Yeah. You know? yeah. And like so that. as long as they're all outside, then Kirksey's yeah. probably yeah. fine. Because the question yeah. is, does anybody else emerge? And I'm kind of with you on Daryl is like Christian Harris is interesting from a dynasty's perspective, but, Given yeah. what we saw with Wallow last year, I doubt right. that Harris plays full time enough to the read one of an e draft. So, yeah, no, I, I dig that for sure. Uh, how about the Colts' strong safety? I don't know. Do you all? <laughs> yeah, if, I, if I'm taking a shot, if I'm taking a shot, I'm, I'm taking a shot at Nick Cross just because. Yeah. sir. I, I, Rodney McLeod is so mad at me. Julian Blackman screams free safety to me. Uh, Rodney McLeod's Rodney McLeod. I, I would rather take a shot on Nick Cross until I hear he's not even going to see the field. <laughs> he'd have to be – things have to come out where he's so far behind he's not even running with the ones at all. But mm-hmm. to me, he just screams like a, the most upside of anybody getting that strong safety role. So. Yeah, if he takes on Carl Wilson's role, then he's a DB too. And it's, exactly. It's that's, right. that, yep, that, that's it for me. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep, I'm with you because before – the Kari Willis news, right? He's going. To, he's retiring, going into ministry. I got no problem with that. Before that, Nick Cross was basically an afterthought in the rookie draft. He re, he really was. I mean, he was taken seven, eight rounds or undrafted. And it's it's kind of weird. But the minute that Kari Willis said, hey, I'm retiring and I'm going into ministry, Nick Cross's value shot through the freaking roof. Well, yeah, that's like Tripp said earlier in the show. He said, as we get more information, we adjust, right? And it's big opening there, right? So, I mean, yeah, but I, it's the natural been, transition. Yeah, 
but he's been one of the biggest risers in my spreadsheet where I track IDP rookie drafts. Biggest riser of this year. Because everybody is buying into him right now. Yeah. All right. Trip, where, where are you at with that whole Colts situation? I, it, well, the thing that, that gets me is that you look at Gus Bradley's track record of, of strong safeties and and Nick Cross just doesn't look much like that, right? And just you know, I, I, it's, it's just, it's tough. But there's, there's not a better answer. So sure, you know, yeah. that's, that's the thing where, yeah, I guess I would want to see it on the field to confirm it. And yep. that's about all I can say. Is you know, is yeah, I mean, Rodney McLeod is he was so bad last year. I mean, he's I just know. washed. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I feel bad in saying that on a freaking podcast. It was, you know, it was pain. The Eagles' defense was painful to watch at times last yeah. year. It just, man. And so, I, it's just one of those things. This, that's why you have the preseason, and this is like the point of this format. Is like we say, what do we need to? I need to see it before I can bump him up. And I, he's somewhere in the vicinity of my rankings. But until I can see him locked into, mm-hmm. you know, or at least certainly competing for a, that starting role. And if as if that they, that tends to you would think that as a rookie he would get a lot of snaps in the preseason and if we see that if he's getting a lot of snaps with the ones in the preseason and not playing in the second half then 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 I mean then I'm interested especially because of the track record of say Jonathan Abram under Gus Brad the defense is pretty attractive so yeah. when we talk about a Kari Kari Willis role that's with the previous defensive coordinator there's actually upside from there for yeah. the right player oh yeah that nailed it man absolutely. Let's move on to uh, Devin Lloyd. Is there anything you would see? I, and the reason I ask, I feel like everybody's fully locked in in Devin Lloyd. Are y'all? Is there anything you would see that would push you off of him? No, no, no way. That's it. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, he plays for. I mean, he got directed by Saxonville, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's going to be that he's going to be that second linebacker can they rush him off the edge I think so but can he cover I think so I mean he was a star at Utah um, I mean they drafted him early so that's the big thing that they drafted him as early as they did, that tells you they got plans for him. They're going to play him a lot early. And he's probably my rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year right now. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I'm – I'm a huge Devin Lloyd fan myself. This thing said, I think he's going to play a ton. Um, I guess the thing that would change my mind is uh, maybe I hear he's he's struggling in coverage, and I'm a Chad Muma believer, and they're mixing him in some or something, and yeah. something weird, something weird's going on there. Um, you know, looking, I mean, I, looking at I their depth chart, I, Shat- I like Chad Muma, but you don't draft Devin Lloyd that high in benching. That's good. We're throwing no hypotheticals out right now. That's what I'm saying, buddy. Uh, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, there's not too much, I guess, that could change my mind other than him 
you know, rotating a bunch. And then we get to the preseason and he, he's struggling in coverage maybe or something. But, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty well comfortable with Devin Lloyd as things sit. But he's a rookie, and who the hell knows? We've seen it before, right? <laughs> Here's my hesitation on it. The okay. narrative that Devin Lloyd will play full-time comes from the idea, you tell me if I'm wrong, that they had this new defensive coordinator who was a linebacker coach in Tampa, and mm-hmm. Tampa played two full-time linebackers. So we're relying on a guy who's never coordinated an NFL defense to do exactly what Tampa did last year with Levante David, who's really good, and Devin <laughs> White, good. who is like 10th overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lloyd is first-round pick, but he was 27th, which is yep. the same vicinity of Kenneth Murray and Patrick Quinn. And he was picked fewer <laughs> than 50 picks earlier than Chad Muma. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm not saying he won't play full-time, but I'm saying I do have to see it in the preseason mm-hmm. to believe that he's clearly ahead of Muma and that Muma is clearly a limited, like small small part-time Sam or something. I mean, it's, yeah. the way it picks out to me is that is that Muma is the, is the Mike and base sets, and Aluokan is the will and that Lloyd is the Sam. And so to me, that adds a little bit of intrigue just in and of itself. But if Muma is clearly coming off on, in all sub packages, then I will stop worrying. But until I see that, I'm worried. I, see, I think Lloyd that's is a fair assessment. The, yeah. And I think Lloyd is more the traditional three down guy because he can cover, he can rush, but I get it with Muma. Uh, Muma's we could play. He can, but overall, I think Lloyd's the guy. I mean, he was an early third round pick, and I think they were going, "Holy shit, this guy's still on the board!" When they took him, right? I mean, that's my, that's my perspective of that pick. When you, when you I take wouldn't Lloyd. be crazy to see them play both Lloyd and Muma. I mean, yeah, I, I like. I, I think Trip's assess, assessment is absolutely fair right. because any. I mean, I'm. Uh, after the things we've seen with some of these rookies, I've nothing to ever <laughs> right. really set in stone. I totally agree with you there. And I think Muma's a super talented player. I've said it plenty of times. I think he's a real deal. And oh, that wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't. It wouldn't be like this huge nope. shock to me. No, uh, would no, I be no, surprised? No. I'd be surprised, yes. But it, yeah. it's in the realm of possibilities. And that is a great point, Trip, because that's the type of thing that changes something you're so have a conviction on right now, right? We all feel this conviction that Devin Lloyd, Mike Caldwell is going to roll out these two linebackers like Todd Bowles did, and you know Devin Lloyd can rush the passer, like Devin Lloyd can rush the passer, and yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I have a whole projection that, that Lloyd is a Sam. I mean, that's that in itself, yeah, exactly, yeah, because it's a three-four defense. Mm-hmm. Well, supposedly, right? Do they? Yeah. Do they, are there more multiple? Do they do different things? I don't know. I just yeah. I want to see. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just. Sometimes when the disciple takes over, it, it isn't necessarily the same thing. With a good example is Detroit, right? They they brought in Eric Glenn from New Orleans, and the defense looked a little different. Right. They did some different things last year, and they're going to do some yet different things again this year. Now, I guess you might argue that it's going to look more like the New Orleans defense this year than it did last, but it's just interesting to see what they do that's different. And so, you know, I, I always use that as a starting point as my assessment is what a defense will do is to see, well, yeah, what was the what did they learn under, right? It's like mm-hmm. you hear about Fangio disciples all the time. Yeah. But you don't expect a Fangio disciple to do exactly the same thing that Fangio did. It's going to be a little different. And what is the impact of that? I don't I don't know. It, it could it might not take a lot for it to be a big difference in fantasy because if we if Lloyd loses 200 snaps, that's a huge hit. <clears throat> yeah. 
Absolutely, man. That's good stuff. That's that's big time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see this Jacksonville defense now. I know yeah. Daryl hates Daryl hates Sucksonville, but yeah, I want to see what they are. Frank Sucksonville, they're losers. Whatever. Dude. All right, how about how about uh, Nick Bolton, another linebacker? We everybody loves linebackers. It's mostly talking about. Oh, I love Nick Bolton. <laughs> He's the gangster. I'm telling you, he's so, a dude in Kansas City. Are y'all uh, convinced he's locked into full time? And is there anything you see that we yes. can do? Yes. Who else do they have? Willie Gay, probably the closest competition, and he's nowhere near Nick Bolt. Nowhere near. There isn't a linebacker that scares me. It's Steve Spagnola himself who scares me <laughs> with Nick Bolt. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I like Nick Bolton. I like him to wear the dot and be the guy, but I want to see him play 90% of the snaps before I believe he's an LB1 or that people want him to be and um, or whatever. But um, I'm I'm more comfortable with him as an LB3 because of Steve Spagnuolo. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> see, I was about to say LB2. If you can get him as an LB2, are you happy with him? I'd be fine with it. Whatever. I mean, LB2, LB3, whatever. Um, Eesh. but that's a big that's a big difference. LB2 is LB3. it? I think so. Trip, what are you thinking? <laughs> it's in the 20s across the board. Exactly <laughs> 22 um, or 28. That's LB2, yeah. LB3. If you know what but I mean, like, what I guess what I'm interested in both, and it's like, so I think first of all, I ought to think about why did they draft Chanel, right? And so I, I've been thinking, keeping an eye on that because. I think that people think, well, Chanel, he played Mike in Wisconsin. He's a thumper. And so, well, that isn't quite fit. That narrative doesn't fit well with what Spagnuolo does. So Spagnuolo runs a little different. Uh, you know, he has, they just like big linebackers there. Yeah. And so what I'm seeing, the chatter that I'm seeing, and, is, and that I'm interested to see this confirmed in the preseason, is that Chanel is, is a base set Sam and then competing to play uh, sub-package Will. And you might think, well, you know, you're looking for a 225 pound linebacker to play Will. That's not what Spagnola does. So just erase that from your head. But so yeah. to me, that means he's competing with Willie Gay for snaps because Willie Gay is the Will. Yep. And I don't know if y'all remember this, but there was a blurb in the in the middle of last season that Willie Gay wasn't mentally ready to play in a game. He ended up playing anyway, but only about 40 percent of the snaps. And I, you know, and this is a guy that came in the league with some character concerns. And I'm wondering if they're drafting Chanel because they're worried about gay. I don't think they're worried about Bolton. I do think they like, I agree with that. Yeah. But I think the issue is, is Bolton come in. So Bolton's going to play, is he going to play base set Mike? He's going to play sub package Mike uh, or nickel Mike is the big thing. But what's interesting about the, what their defense is that the dime Mike is a different role that's assigned to a different player. So last couple of years, it's been Anthony Hitchens in the Mike role. And then the dime Mike is Ben Ben Neiman. Ben Neiman's gone. They brought in Jermaine Carter, who played with Panthers for a couple of years. That guy came in the league as kind of a tweener type of a guy. He strikes me as a guy that could come in and compete for that dime Mike role. And that makes me a little nervous. And so I want to see him not play. And if I see him not play, I'll be happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's excellent stuff, Trip. Yeah. And I, that's, I love that breakdown. That's that's fantastic, and that's that, I wanted. I want to see Nick Bolton playing 
the dime backer role too. I, mm-hmm. I want to see him play 90% of the snaps before I'll believe Steve Spagnuolo won't bend Neiman us or whatever. You know what I mean? Bring in these mm-hmm. random guys that, that rotate in and, and give us this, you know, really frustrating linebacker rotation. And mm-hmm. I like Leo Chanel as a linebacker. I, how does he fit? I, that's, 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 I love that breakdown. Like where does he fit in this defense? He's this, big hulking linebacker physical thumper presence he can blitz he's got he's a straight line fast where does you know where does he fit there and um i mean Bol- if even if you're taking a guy you're taking bolton i just i want to see him play you know that full-time role and not <laughs> come out yep. and for whoever the hell it is but yeah we, so we want to see jermaine carter not on the field that's, that's uh, right or if he's on the field, i like he's that fourth quarter you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you with us with the uf udfas okay. That's, That's what weird. I want to see. I like that. I As like a guy that. that you know lived in South Carolina for 25 years, I've had enough of some Jermaine Carter. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the Raiders, the Raiders linebackers, loving some linebackers. And I would just tee it up by saying I'm really surprised that everybody in their brother is, is has Denzel Perriman as like a top 25 linebacker. I'm blown away by it. What about y'all? Um. <laughs> Not me. No way. Yeah. No Go ahead, Daryl. <laughs> it's that simple. No way. All right. Uh, I'm with you. I'm. I think me and Trip have talked to us before. I'm more intrigued with uh, Divine Diablo of that group um, more than yes. anybody. I think Jam Brown. They brought in Jam Brown. His play declined. I've always been a Jam. I hate even talking bad about Jam Brown because I've always liked Jam Brown. Um, you know, he he was really good for your Titans, Daryl. As you know, when he came out of UCLA. He, hold up the coverage <laughs> he was uh, a real good player but i don't know that he's gonna be anything there i'm not sure um perryman I, it's such a weird his career has been marred by injuries and, and being this thumper role and, and all this i can he replicate what he did last year i'm not buying it i'm more intrigued with the the third round pick who's the tweener safety linebacker type who got a lot of run at linebacker late in the year and I'm intrigued with Diablo of that group mm-hmm. until I see he's not in the mix with the ones. Did y'all see that Diablo missed OTAs because of a concussion sustained in the playoffs? I did yes. not see that. I like saw that in the last few days. I like, holy cow. I did not see that. <laughs> <laughs> We're expecting him to ramp up and be fine for training camp, but man, that's a that's a red flag. Dang, that's yeah. A, I guess my thing with Paramount is this. Gus Bradley was his defensive coordinator for four years. Pretty mm-hmm. sure it was four. Three in with Chargers, Chargers yeah. most recently with the Raiders. And for three of those four years, Gus Bradley concluded that Denzel Perriman was a two-down player. Yep. And then he goes to to the to Vegas and he's got Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski. And he's like, Man, I just got to get somebody in here who knows the system. So they trade for Perriman late in the season or late in the preseason. And right. Perriman knows the system, comes in. He does not play full time, he played close. But he played only like three games with more than 90% of the snaps. So now you bring in Patrick Graham, who's never seen Denzel Perryman, um, who has a history of using guys like Alan and Roberts. And Perriman fits, in my mind, like he did for Gus Bradley in the Chargers, which is to say that he's, you know, good as a two-down guy. To me, Denzel Perriman is Elan and Roberts with an attitude. I like Elan. <laughs> I like Denzel Perriman. He's a like character. That. He's a fun player. Yeah. He, Plays yeah, downhill is fun to yeah. watch, but yeah. I don't think that he was any different of a guy last year than he has been throughout his career, which is to say that he's a bit of a liability in coverage. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I'd, I'd just be surprised if a new coordinator came in and said, yep, that's the guy that's running my defense. We'll see. And this is why we have the show. If I see something different, I'll keep my words and move in my foot. Adjust. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. No, man. Yeah. It's, I'm with you, man. It's some great stuff. I'm with you with Perryman as well. I always thought he was a fun player, like you said. He was, I remember watching him at Miami when he was coming. I'm like, oh, this dude hits. You know, he was just, just a fun player to watch, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, he was a two down thumper to start his career. And I just don't think that he's transitioned to this three down guy as well. I don't, I, yeah, until I see it again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How about let's go, let's stick with the Chargers linebackers since we were talking about him. Is there a guy there that y'all like? And I know, I know Kyle's answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and get it out of the way. Uh, Drew oh, yeah. knows this. Uh, I've put my chip on Drew Tranquil. Um, I just uh, Kenneth Murray's struggles have, are well documented there. Um, he struggled with, to pick up the scheme, which should have fit him well last year, and, and he just he, he didn't quite come along like they had hoped. Um, Troy, they brought in Troy Reader. Troy Reader, he's been fine tackle production wise for IDP, but he's just not good in coverage. And uh, Tranquil right. has the advantage there. And if I, I think if Tranquil can have a strong camp, I think he could lead that that um, that group in snaps. There's, I think there's a a good chance he could do that. Um, so I'm putting my chip on Tranquil until I see he's not the guy. Who you got, Daryl? Daryl's fading. Yeah, the, <laughs> he's fading. Have, <laughs> no, no, they have so many issues at linebacker. I think they're looking at those. Big niggle three safety sets. Um, but I do agree with Kyle. I think Tranquil is the guy. If you're looking for somebody to upside the potential, he's the guy. So I thought two, I, I was with y'all. In fact, I had, I, but I had to recently move Tranquil down the ranks a little bit. I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, I wrote up Murray as a bust in the IDP draft kit. So similar yep. page, similar page with y'all. I saw <laughs> they, I, Drew Tranquil, his defensive average depth of target, meaning how far downfield was he when the pass came his way, was a half a yard. I mean, literally wow. 18 inches. Wow. And it, 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 it not, <laughs> I mean, that's not crazy. Jesus. Low, right? Yes. Mean, do you ever, like, go downfield? And then yeah. just no. And I don't know if y'all remember this, but a couple years ago, he was publicly complaining to the media because Gus Bradley had him turning and running downfield. It's like, dude, yes. if you want to yes. like in the NFL, yeah. you got to turn and run. Yeah, that's a good point. That I makes do. me super nervous. And yeah. then I saw a <laughs> that uh, Mike Clay, who does projections for ESPN, has Kyle Van Noy leading the group in snaps. Uh, good grief. I I mean, I, I wouldn't bet on that, but it's just interesting. No way. Yeah. No way. This is a mess. This just it's a mess. Down. <laughs> yeah, and like, so I moved Drew Tranquil down to like 95th or something like that. Okay, saw this mess, but I, I, I can't, I can't. That's still the guy who I would put a chip on if I had to. But boy, I saw that those those numbers that made me nervous. <laughs> that's a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got lots of Drew Tranquil, so I'm going down with that chip if it doesn't happen. But yeah, that's a mess. Drew. <laughs> How about here's how about here's another guy? We'll finally do something other than off ball linebackers. Where are y'all on Jalen Phillips? All in on him. him. He's all the in. dude down there in Miami. <laughs> um, yep. 
I, I like Jalen Phillips as well. I know last year, um, he had or this year he had talked about last year how he wasn't ready to play full time. Um, so yeah. you know that's kind of he was talking about the transition to this year. And I know that Miami wants to see him progress against the run. So I really like Jalen Phillips. I thought he was the best pass rusher in his class, just pass rush skill wise. So I guess I I'm very very much in on Jalen Phillips. If I hear if if I hear or see he's still struggling against the run game, then I get a little worried because you know you lose snaps that way. So it didn't worry you when they signed Melvin Ingram. I'm just, <laughs> not hating. I'm, I hate. I'm not hating on Melvin Ingram, but no, it didn't. I, I, I it, personally, no, it didn't. No. I, until, until I see it's a problem, I guess mm-hmm. I would say that's, right. that's a good point. I do like. I've always been a Melvin Ingram fan, but no, I, I'm not too worried on Melvin Ingram. I guess that might be blinders, though. You know, Jalen Phillips blinders. But how about yeah. you? How about your trip? Well, I guess that would be the thing, right? Is is what if what could we see in the preseason? So yeah, you know, is Melvin Ingram playing ahead of him? Or I mean, I, I haven't yeah. looked at Melvin Ingram's contract. I don't know how locked he. I haven't either. Yeah, know, but um, the thing that gets me out about Phillips is that you know he was he was he and Quiddy Pay were the top two edges coming in last mm-hmm. year, and the narrative was is that for Dynasty it was a toss up because Pay was the more of the developmental guy mm-hmm. and Phillips was more NFL ready, but, um, but had some health issues. Yep. And so Phillips comes in and he's clearly the third fiddle between behind um, Emmanuel Ogba and Andrew Van Ginkle. Now, granted, those guys are not just pure stand up edge defenders. Sure. Like the way Phillips is, but yep. he's playing third amount of snaps behind those guys last year. And he had nine snaps, nine sacks. People are excited. Well, going to year two, Quiddy pays the guy that's locked into do eighty percent of the snaps, and Phillips. I don't know that there's room for growth, and I guess I need to see that there is in order mm-hmm. to move him up the ranks. And when they sign Ingram, it's an indication to me that they're not ready for him to play a bigger role. And yeah, I don't know. Fair. It's like it's not like Andrew Van Ginkle is some huge obstacle, but what Andrew Van Ginkle does is a little bit different than you know he he led all edge defenders and tackles. I think just close to it. You know, he let he had a high number of coverage snaps too as an edge defender. So he's a little bit different of a player, but still it's weird. Yeah, no, it's that's a it's a fair assessment. He's one of the polarizing uh year two guys or just edge guys in general, right? Phillips, mm-hmm. because everybody's excited. But yeah, is there room for growth? It's a fair point. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's, fellas, it's it's right at midnight now. Do you we got I got like eight more left? Is there one or two out of those that the strike you is interesting that you want to touch on? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll throw the one out there that I'm interested in, and that's uh, another freaking linebacker. But uh, Pete Werner in in New Orleans, um, I like Pete Werner. He he showed some promise last year. Um, how big is his role it, in New Orleans? Right? Is he going to lose snaps to sub packages? Is he going to play 80 percent of the snaps? Um, he's obviously the favorite for the LB two role alongside Demario right. Davis. Um, Quan Alexander snaps down the stretch. I think his last seven, eight games, he was 75 plus in every game. Um, so that's promising that way, but it's a new year. He's not, you know, what is Werner's role? Um, I, I like it. I like him to take a leap this year, but I want to see how many snaps he's playing. I think New Orleans was about middle of the road as far as um, Macri. John, shout out to Matt, our boy Macri, his, um, his chart he made on uh, average linebackers. They were about middle of the road. So, um, how big is Pete Warner's role? That's I, I like taking a shot on Pete Warner, and then I'm going to be checking that box for each week to see how much he's playing. 
So I'm very intrigued with him. In the preseason, yes. I mean, you're like going to break it down by how many snaps of the ones he played? or Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right away. Yeah, I should say, yeah. yeah. I should have said. I'll be looking right away. What that, That's mm-hmm. one situation I'll be looking at in the preseason, how much he's out there with the ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 really, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, the sub-package thing is a scare with, with, with him, with me. So, yeah. yeah. That's one thing I – it's like I struggle with him a little bit. It's like he played so well last year. And then right. he didn't come back. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and so this year they go out and they got Teron Matthew and Marcus May. Marcus May. Yeah. Um, Chauncey uh, Gardner Johnson yeah, still there. Yeah. It's like, and so yeah. you know they played a fair amount of th- now. Granted, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is kind of a, a nickel. I mean, he's yeah. not really a safety, but yeah. it's just and they still had a slot cornerback in there. So I just wondering is what do they want to do? And they, you know, because yeah. they're changing a little bit. The defensive coordinator is the head coach now, and they've got yep. a couple new guys behind there. Is how different is it? And I don't know. I'm. It's. I don't know. I don't. I. I guess I'm like you. I guess I want to see what they do in the preseason. And yeah. it'll be hard to tell them apart because Marcus May's coming off an Achilles, I think. So, how much run will he get? Yeah, this gonna be that's gonna be a tough one to suss out. For a good defense too, that was their strong point last year. Was that defense <laughs> kept them in games? Right. So, like, what are they, what are they going to be this year? Yeah, I absolutely mm-hmm. trip. That's a, that's the one to watch in the preseason. Uh, you want to, um, Daryl? You want to talk about your Titans? Close us out. Mm. Linebacker, who you on? Long or Cunningham? I think I've got on both. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people want to say Rice or whatever. Um, I think Long is the upside guy because you know what you're getting with Cunningham, right? But I think both of them are valuable IDP options. Um, you're going to run that 3-4, so I think Long and Cunningham is the two inside guys. You're going to have Landry. You're going to have Dupree as your outside guys. So I think that's where it's at. I mean, if you can get either one of them, I think you're doing good. Right on. I'm a I'm a David Long guy, as Trip probably already knows. <laughs> I think I wrote him up. Right. I wrote him up in the IDP draft kit. I wrote him up my article on. Football good job, guy. Good job. Hey, thanks, buddy. <laughs> well, that's sixty-one. Quarterback rating against doesn't hurt, right? Yeah, right. You're, all the time right, right, right. What you right. do? You want yep. a good coverage backer. Long yep. as emerges that. Well, I think yeah, that's, that's the two guys. I mean, you got Landry, you got Dupree. You're going to have Long. You're going to have uh, Cunningham inside. I think that's they're going to they're going to build off that defense. You got Byard. You got Hooker on the back end. Now the question mark is going to be at safety. I think Molden's a guy. I think. Farley and Fulton are freaking ah, – they're screwing everything up, really. They really are. <laughs> I think Molden's going to be a guy, and I think Roger McCreary's going to be a guy, the rookie from Alabama. So that's two of your three corners. Now, can Farley or Fulton step up, or both of them? I'm not so sold on that. I'm going to go with – if I'm looking at corner, I'm going McCreary. McCreary's interesting too. The Auburn rookie led all yeah. the SEC defenders and passes. Absolutely. Defenders, so he's kind of yep. a late round flyer for me as a cornerback pickup in IDP. Yeah, he's a good player. That's a, that was a good pick by your 
your Titans there, getting him in round two. Well, that's the main event. Yeah, oh, man, awesome. <laughs> Great show. Trip, thank you for being on with us, brother. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you all having me on. It's, it's, it's been awesome. I hope we didn't keep like, you up too late. No, I, I know we talked on. about that. It's like, we, you know, but me, me, me being up too late, and I think we ended up, I ended up keeping y'all up too late. So, <laughs> no, no way, no way, not at all, man. No, thanks a lot I, for joining us, Trip, and thanks for uh, bringing this awesome main event to us. Like you said, like, I reached out, asked if you wanted to come chat with us, and, and you brought up this topic that we covered last year. And this is perfect, a, a perfect time of year to cover. And I think we nailed some really uh, interesting situations to keep track on with training camps and preseason coming up. So thanks a lot for uh, hanging with us, brother, and bringing the fire. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, sure, man. Welcome quick. back Check anytime. Just hit us up. Let us know, man. Yes, sir. I feel like we could do a whole other show on this stuff. That's right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we maybe should. <laughs> One preseason game on our belt. What do we learn? Well, let's do it. Let's do it. I think we'd run it back. Uh, so one last time, tell me what you're working on, where you're at. Well, like we talked about, I'm at Football Guys putting up uh, articles and rankings there, which is great fun. And I'm also working on that IDP draft kit, which the IDP show guys awesome. pulled together, and they got uh, IDP IDP guys at org is, is uh, it's available there for sale, and uh, we'll be keeping that up here for, through the rest of the preseason. I think between the rankings of Football Guys and the roundtable pieces and the IDP draft kit, that will keep me busy. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, man. We appreciate yes, you so much for joining us. You're one of our biggest freaking hits, man. All of our shows, Trip is right up there at the top. They crush. That's right. Kyle, tell me what you're working on, brother. I'm over, I'm over with Trip at Football Guys. Yep. Uh, I, oh, I've been doing I forgot Mr. Big Time. Oh, Mr. Big go. Time. <laughs> here we, we go. Couldn't close out, here we couldn't close we out go. the show without that, right? Uh no, <laughs> say, well, with Trip over at Football Guys and Joey and Evan, uh we, you know, we, we jumped on over there and it's been awesome. Uh doing the round tables. I've been doing some dynasty rankings and the rookie rankings and Keeping me busy. The IDP draft kit, like Tripp said, I got enough to keep me busy too. So, um, <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. It, it, and, you know, I, every once in a while I hop on Twitter and, and uh, see what's going on in there too. So, hey, You but, guys are absolutely killing it. Keep up the great work. Tripp, Kyle, Joey, tell him too. You guys are absolutely bringing it right now. So uh, thanks, check buddy. me out at IDP Nation, Debbie IDP Grind, IDP Nation dot com uh idp nation patreon i got stuff going on everywhere if you want to go a little off kilter 13 horns if you're into music check that out um shoot man, the gap shoot the gap with mike waller nate markham jorge edwards i almost feel like it's what you what you are, Kyle. Yeah, Mr. Big Time. I'm like, yeah. What does it feel like to be Mr. Big Time? And I'm like, hey, is this it? I don't know. I wouldn't know. Look at him with his keystone. I only get to go on Big Time with his keystone. I only get to go on one podcast drinking nah, the cheapest bullshit. beer I can find, and I get fired every other episode. So you tell me who's that's, Mr. Big Time here. That's not true. I've not fired you one time tonight. Not one time. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. 
Although, now that I think about it, I might have to fire you and bring in freaking Trip. <laughs> I'd say he'd be, that's a pretty good GM move. <laughs> at, at midnight on Tuesday, that's a pretty damn good trade. Midnight, <laughs> midnight on a Tuesday, baby. Here we are. No, great job, guys. Love you, Kyle. Trip, thank you so much for coming on with us, man. That's all and I have to doing. say, I was looking at our uh, history the other day. You're one of our biggest followers on our podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> it, I mean, it, I, seriously, you've been, every episode that you've been on, it's it's in the top ten easily. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kudos to you, man, because you bring the knowledge. You know what oh, you're yeah. doing. Um, everybody respects you, including myself. Like I said, I value your opinions, your Absolutely. evaluations. So, yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. it was, it was, we thank you for being on. And I don't be invited to him. The high praises was greatly appreciated. <clears throat> you don't need an invite. Just say, hey. I'm ready and we'll make it happen. I'll be like, Kyle, back off, Kyle. Back off, Kyle. I mean, I will. I mean, if I, I have if I have to, I will fire Kyle's ass. I have to elbow somebody out the screen here. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we thank you for coming on, man. You're one of our biggest uh, special guests. I said it before. You know your stuff. We thank you so much. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, Chuck. We appreciate it, brother. Absolutely. I'll have a good night. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, man. We'll talk yes, to you soon. With that, please rate, subscribe, and review IDP Nation where you listen to your podcast. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all those good stuff, Stitcher, Podbean, and we will be back next week. Well, I'll be back. I don't know if Kyle will be back. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Oh, really, Kyle? Well, well I forgot. You know, we have to schedule around Mr. Big Time here. You know, no, just, so you right said now. you might fire me, so and trade me. So I, we'll see if I'm back. That's all I'm saying. You know, he's so busy. <laughs> I don't know what he's got going on. But yeah, I just might not have a job. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Questions, trades, rookie drafts, whatever. Send them to us. We'll break them down. See you next week. Later.